Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, listeners of the Mad Scientist podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cogswell. So this is sort of a bonus episode that me and a good friend, TJ, over at Pines and Puzzles, decided to put together. And so the idea was we would, you know, uh, drink beers throughout the night, just kind of talk about our top five favorite paranormal things, how we got started in podcasting, and kind of give like an intro to each other's shows, I suppose, or, or at least each other's personalities. So I really hope you enjoy this one. It's pretty long. It's much longer than a normal episode and even longer than a normal roundtable. This will act as a special episode, like I said, so it doesn't take the place of any episodes in our series, and I highly suggest you go and give TJ's show a listen. Thank you so much, and here is this episode. Welcome to the Mad Science and Pints and Puzzles Super Podcast Episode! Hello, listeners, and welcome to a very special episode of the Mad Scientist podcast and Pints and Puzzles. I am joined here with TJ from Pints and Puzzles, um, the host and producer of that show. Hello, TJ. Hello, Christopher. How's it going? <laughs> Good. How are you? Good. So we've been we've seriously been dicking around for like an hour already trying to get um, this like recording thing to work because, you know, they're going to give me a PhD in a couple of weeks. So it's completely normal that I don't know how to do anything with technology. Um, Makes sense is, to me. Yeah, no, it's totally good. It's totally fine. Um, so for two two podcast producers, right, right, <laughs> can't right. Out how to work two, right, two, two guys who do this on the weekend as like a hobby kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty good that we don't know how it works at all. <laughs> so we are here doing this episode kind of as like a special dual episode. So I will release this on the Mad Scientist podcast. And uh, TJ is going to release it on Pines and Puzzles. And, you know, we wanted to create kind of, I guess, like, I don't know, I guess like a a synergy or like a dual stream kind of thing. So we've we've both been extremely um, we've both been extremely heavily influenced and, uh, you know, helped by Astonishing Legends. Mm -hmm. And we also that's kind of how we met, actually, was I forget now how I mean, we met on Twitter. Yeah, it's um, one of the episodes I just started tweeting you random, random shit about. Once, once Scott released your name to the public, it was right. <laughs> kind of went downhill from there. For you. Right, right. Yeah, so that was cool. I mean, that's cool. You know what I mean? And, and so we've become friends now. And um, yeah. TJ's the only reason that the show sounds good because he sent me this microphone I'm using. Otherwise, I would be recording using like a tin can or something weird. I'll be honest, that was totally selfish on my part. As a listener, I'm like, I want this to sound better. <laughs> this <laughs> I got sounds, an extra microphone. This I'm sounds this like out. crap. Send him something good. Yeah. <laughs> I never said it sounded like crap. I said I want it to sound better. It's <laughs> fine. So now we're, uh, yeah, so TJ's show is really great. I really enjoy it a lot. Um, not just blowing wind up your ass. I do enjoy your show a lot. I listen to it all the time. Um, 
And yeah, so we were thinking it'd be kind of cool to do like introduce ourselves to each other's audiences, go through our top five like favorite paranormal or conspiracy or weird topics. And uh, and yeah, we thought this would be a lot of fun as like a bonus episode or or something special for you guys. So TJ, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I always say this is like for for my listeners. First of all, there's going to be cursing in this one. I know I usually edit it out of mine, so we're gonna we're gonna say fuck sometimes. There's and, already uh, been a lot of yeah, cursing. <laughs> there's been a lot of cursing, but that was mostly off the air. <laughs> um, so just uh, you know, we'll try to keep it semi-professional. But uh, really, this is just um, like Chris said. We have uh, both been very heavily influenced by what I uh, refer to as the Pod Fathers. You know, so we're kind of the bastard children of the pod fathers um, i'd say i'd say that's probably a, a good yeah <laughs> good, yeah, good analogy much. yeah that's pretty that's pretty true i would say in, in the podcast world you know we're still the new guys coming up and uh it, in all reality when you're both going through you know you don't have networks or uh anything huge behind you yet um it's really good to have people that are at the same level and that kind of get all the bullshit that goes along with it because it's not as easy as we all make it look so no yeah and it's uh, and it's so cool too like having so i got i mean i got started with the art right where i yep. actually like um i actually just emailed like i was laying in bed with my uh with my fiance we were just like laying in bed together listening to astonishing legends and i remember being like man they not that kind of episode what happened <laughs> nothing oh yeah I, <laughs> I'm like, it's not that kind of episode oh no 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 it's not i was like um i was like i remember laying there and being like shit dude like they could i bet i could give them some really cool info on like science kind of stuff and you know like i don't know like i thought it'd be really cool i've always wanted to do something like this I've always been interested in like paranormal thing and when they mentioned the arc and how they were looking for people i was like oh hey that seems like an awesome way to get in on this so I emailed Scott and he emailed me back like right away. <laughs> and I was just like, I was blown. You know what I mean? Cause it's, it's like, you don't expect, I don't know. I mean, it's like if you, if you emailed, I don't know if I emailed like streetlight manifesto or something mm -hmm. um, and you know, <laughs> and like Mike Brown emailed back and was like, yeah, come yeah come play with us <laughs> you know like he was like yeah we could use another we could we could use a second bass player you know what i mean it's it's the same yeah. kind of level of like oh holy crap um because they're they're kind of pseudo celebrities and that's one of the cool things i mean hell even you and i are right we don't want to admit it right but but we are to a certain degree in that <laughs> I, I mean you know we come we come into a, you know a few hundred listeners ears every time we release an episode yeah you know? that's true i mean it's uh, it's so it, it's kind of cool it's very personal and that's one of the cool things about podcasting is like you know these are and, and and i've had the privilege of meeting scott in person um through a whole convoluted way but right met, uh you know met him for a little bit and uh he's just like a normal guy you know we're just having beers and relaxing you know uh and and you're you know we've gotten to know each other too and it's just normal people that are just doing this from their closets in their basement you know yeah it's really uh, it's really cool i mean and that's the thing too like if anyone listening is thinking about starting their own podcast or wants to get involved in i mean you know i can't i can't speak for you tj but if want, they want to get involved in mine or something i'm sure it's the same for you too send an email you know what i mean yep hit us up on twitter like any any way to help ease the burden of research and writing would be yes. phenomenal. I mean, 
I always kid around that my arc is basically my wife and yeah. my family. You know? <laughs> like, I was gonna say, and, and occasionally I'll steal you from them. You yeah, know? like my my arc. <laughs> yeah, my arc is basically Marie. <laughs> it's it's Marie and Katie. Katie's given me like so many. She'll just like text me and be like, "Oh, you should do an episode on this," and it's a like a great idea. And then I don't know anything about it, so she has to teach me about it. Yeah. You're <laughs> you know, like, why, you, like, why don't you just do this? Here's my microphone. Yeah, like, exa- well, you know, I, it's funny, actually. I've, I've been like, you know, hey, we should do an episode where we put you on. And like, well, I don't know. Or even my mom. I think it'd be I would, so. I would like either one of those on the show. Dude, I, th- show. I think it'd be so funny. My, um, my mom is so hilarious sometimes. When my mom, my mom doesn't get drunk. My mom, when it gets to, like, when it gets past her bedtime, she just gets loopy. Yep. And just, like, giggly and crazy. Like, silly, right? And same with my grandma, too. So when the two of them get together, um, there was one time we were, they they had come to visit me at UNH when I was in New Hampshire. I'm an undergrad. And we went out to a lobster house, and it was, like, it was, like, midnight. And for some reason, my mom and my Nona were so tired that they just started giggling with each other. And the reason was that my grandma was holding up her lobster like from the back, so the the claws and the legs were out in the air, and she kept like pointing it at me and Katie being. She kept saying "chiller, chiller," <laughs> and my mom like Peter pants. She was dying of. It's just it's so out of character for my grandma. Number one, like I've you know that's probably the only time I've seen my grandma be like silly. Yeah. Um, you gotta get her on the show. She she's still oh my god, you know, kicking her out enough that she can do funny shit like that. You have to get her on your Dude, show, if, man. If no one ever found out about my show, I think she she just completely disowned me. She'd stop talking to me. Uh, just don't let her listen to what three episodes ago. <laughs> my, I think it was. <laughs> my, my mom. My mom will like secretly show it to other people in my family. And be like, don't tell Nona. She'll she won't talk to us anymore. The lemon juice. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. She's not about that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, see, I so your show too. So, and I'm yeah. equally as big of a fan of your show oh. as well. So, yeah, uh, I think yeah, you I, know, it's and it's a cool. I mean, podcasting is cool because it's it lets you get, I guess, closer to the thing. I mean, so is is, is Astonishing Legends the first podcast you really like regularly listen to? No, oh, well, I'm, I'm a serial, and I know okay, that's yeah. that's a, a three quarters of podcasters' right story. But yeah, I went serial. Um, and then a couple that had to do with cereal. Believe it or not, Truth and Justice is one of my big supporters now, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, awesome. They're huge. Bob's, Bob actually, I mean, is a really great guy. He's really smart, too. Right. And they're just, they're, they're just nice people, too, for, especially for as big as, as the show is. And that's one of the cool things is that, so, you know, in, in corporate or, or school, you have this, this thing where you have you know, everybody's trying to compete for the same audience and da, 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 this, that, and the other thing. Podcasting's not like that. It really isn't. And I don't know about your experience, but that's been my experience is they don't care what your numbers are. They're just like, yeah, well, yeah, if you need help, just reach out to me. You yeah, know? I if- think, I think what it is, is it's the, I think it's the, um, I guess the, def- like the on-demand nature of it, right? You're not, we're not really competing for like a time slot or, mm-hmm. you know, where people have, you know, people have 24 hours in a day and maybe they'll choose an hour or two per day to listen to podcasts while they drive or something. Right. I think that's the good thing too, is a lot of people use this as kind of filler, you know? Yep. Um, yep. 
Or and, people like me that are stay-at-home parents. Right. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, well, that's listen what, most of the day. <laughs> that's what I mean, though, right? Like, it's it's something, though, that you can do. Like, I listen to podcasts when I play video games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear... Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hear Ignis in Final Fantasy tell me he's found a new recipe every five <laughs> fucking minutes. You know what I mean? I want to listen to something else interesting or, you know? So, I think it's, I think it's part of that, like, that cool... Um, that it is something that if you're big or you're small, kind of getting listeners to the medium itself is better than you know anything else. I think it's really interesting. It's funny though. So you started with serial. Mm-hmm. I started yep. listening to podcasts. Actually, I guess actually I started with audiobooks because yep, I started yeah. I started with the Ricky Gervais show. That's okay. like like if if Ricky Gervais ever like reached out to me, I would have a fucking heart attack. Um, he's on Twitter, right? He should tweet dude, he's he's my he's my total hero. I mean, I I, I fucking love Ricky Gervais, um, and I, so I started I started listening to those, and really became interested in in like in finding other podcasts from that. And then I find I kind of found my way towards like I love I love conspiracy theories and stuff. So I listen mm-hmm. to all the big, all the big well known conspiracy theory ones. Like every day I listen, um. And not because I believe them, but because I, I just find it fascinating that there's this whole other, like, there's this whole other history of the world. You know what I mean? There, it's like... Um, and it's been so convoluted now with, with today's, <laughs> specifically yeah. the past the past three months. Right. You know, politically, yeah. um, even though Pints and Puzzles officially has no political views. Um, <laughs> I know Mad Scientist does have yes. strong political views. <laughs> And all I'm going to say is my political views are not that far off from yours. Yeah, um, it's so fine. I'm no, just we'll not keep, as vocal. Listen, we'll, keep, we'll keep politics out of it. It's a little, it's a little difficult. It's so funny now, um, the number of scientists who feel like they're, I mean, you know, previously, I guess it had been kind of like, okay, well, we're, you know, we're under attack a little bit from one side, it seems like more, but there's always that. I mean, you know, it's, I think it's really interesting or it's going to be really interesting now in this era of republican dominated government in the united states at least how the conspiracies now shift the other way right so i bet we'll see more people that are worried about like genetically modified organisms and crops and whatever and people that think um people that think these big conspiracy theories you know so as opposed to being like death panels killing old people it will be um it'll be companies trying their best to kill uh, minorities or something. You know what I mean? I think I think there's always a there's always a backlash and a shift. But the, again, as is like the the whole thing of this of the Mad Scientist podcast, at least those magical thinking uh, kind of you know the the myths that we tell ourselves don't really ever go away. We just kind of change their flavor for the for the period of time that we're living in. Yeah, I agree. I think the the only downside is now because, you know, everything is instant, instant, instant with Twitter. I mean, that's where I, I mean, I'll be honest, that's where I get most of my news from, too, right. you know, is Twitter because it's easier for just quick snippets. But the problem is we have the, the term fake news in and of itself being thrown around all the yeah. time. So that and then you have people like, oh, well, people like Alex Jones are all conspiracy theorists. He is not the prime example of a conspiracy theorist. You know what I mean? Like. He, yeah, he is one, but he's not the prime example that we all want to, you know, anybody no, else that wears tinfoil hats wants to uh, yeah, he's, em- he's, emulate. <laughs> yeah, he's more of a, he's, it's, it's interesting now. I love the, I love the kind of levels of, levels of conspiracy, right? So you have, mm-hmm. 
the people that just kind of wade into it a little bit where they think, okay, well, you know, some of the stuff Alex Jones says is a little bit out there, but, you know, maybe he's telling whatever. Maybe he's got a point on some things, right? Right. And then you have the full believers of Alex Jones who think that Jade Helm is happening and, you know, (laughs) fluoride's in the water and killing us, and they'll probably now think that I'm a government shill or something. And then... Don't get me started on Florida. And then you get the next level, though, where they think that Alex Jones is an Israeli plant because he he never he never really attacks Israel on the air, and they think that well he's you know he must be an Israeli plant, or then people that think I love the one that they think he's a he's a dead comedian. Or something that he it's 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 a uh, some comedian died and now it's Alex Jones he's he's come back as Alex Jones or something it's like a whole big character uh, it's fascinating anyway it's, like okay. it's like the reverse uh, Kevin Pollock is right <laughs> right right like the reverse version of right. that although I I don't think I don't think Alex Jones would want to be on any of our shows <laughs> um, I uh, yeah, yeah and I'm not, yeah anyways. I'm not so, sure. Even this show that's going to be really, really fringy, like AAA or Tinfoil Hat, for both of us, I think I don't even think we would want him on this show. Yes, no, no, I don't think so. So, anyways, okay. So, what what we're going to do is we're going to run through the top five paranormal things that we've enjoyed or find fascinating or whatever. I think it'd kind of be cool too to go over what got us. So we talked about what got us into podcasts. What got you into the paranormal? Sure. Yeah. So, or the weird, I guess I always use, I always use paranormal to mean like the whole, the whole field. It's interesting. I have, I have all these books. Katie makes fun of me because every time people come over to our house, they find like, like our library looks like I'm some kind of like Dr. Strange mystic or something. Right. (laughs) It's all like, like there's the, you know, there's like the textbooks from, there's the textbooks from school and, you know, books on like, uh, you know, normal books and whatever philosophy books from when i was taking philosophy classes and everything but then there's a shelf where it's all like you know the history of magic and occultism in america and um you know uh all these sort of like spooky kind of titles right and mm-hmm. so people must come over and just be like like they they take one cursory look at our shelf and think like holy shit this guy What's up with this guy? <laughs> or, or, I, or I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, let's get the bottle of scotch out and let's right, talk. Let's, let's, <laughs> talk. let's talk about this. Yeah, yeah, and, um, yeah. It, you know, it varies for me. I think the well, as far as getting into pod, uh, like podcasts that are in the genre, that started with Oak Island on the History Channel, I think. And then I started being like, oh wait, I'm listening to the Serial. That's a good podcast. So how do I find other podcasts that are related to Oak Island? That's when I found Astonishing Legends and Nighttime Podcast. Right. Yeah, and Astonishing Legends, I mean, I think everybody across the board agrees that they're not touching it because of Astonishing Legends. Yeah. Um, I know I'm never, I never will. I'll just be like, refer to eight hours of Astonishing Legends. Which I've listened to twice, by the way. (laughs) So, yeah. um, And still found something new every time. Um, And we can go over that theory when Marie's on the show because I have my own theory on that too. Hers is great. Marie is uh, Marie is like one of I mean I'm I'm super surprised Marie isn't like a detective or something in real life. But she's so good at finding things. <laughs> like like really like she's such a good investigator that it it's sometimes like shit man like if I ever like go missing I know Marie will find me. 
<laughs> like I know, yeah. I know she'll call Katie and be like, "Let's do this." You know what I mean? Like I'm not even worried. Um, it's, it's funny with all the true crime podcast friends that I've made. I'm I'm always tell my wife, I'm like, Aaron, if I ever go missing, call these three people, call these three <laughs> podcasts, and they'll at least tell a good story around. It, right, you know? right, 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 right. <laughs> Sell very- my rights. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. hopefully, it's, uh, hopefully, I don't get kidnapped because of something I say on my show. Oh <laughs> so yeah, that's why I try to stay away from too fringy stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the the getting into conspiracies as a whole, I think it was JFK for me. It, well, it was two things. It was JFK and the Travis Walton case. So the Travis Walton case was the first. Look, I would say book. And this is back when we had books, kids, um, <laughs> that I ever bought, which was the Fire in the Sky book. Right. And that that was, you know, whenever that first came out, it had a couple cool pictures of the woods and, and different things in there. That was before the movie bastardized the whole right. event. Sure. Um, and I'm not going to get too much into that there because I really want to do my own Pints and Puzzles episode yeah. on that in the future. Um, but let's just say that, that that was my first interest in there. And then it was JFK. I was board at work in one of my old corporate jobs started googling about jfk and then i was like oh add brain it's like oh this is an interesting <laughs> name. What did this guy do google google Google, and then you start googling all the pieces and just keep diving right and uh, then it went from there to cia to mk ultra and mind control and you know <laughs> right right um so that that's that was kind of my course and then podcasting was interesting i was on a totally different show than pints and puzzles now which i won't uh mention the names directly (laughs) um but it was it was a fun show i had a lot of fun on it at the time um and then i went uh when i we were having our third child uh i went back to work uh part-time consulting so i didn't have the time commitment to do that show anymore mm-hmm. uh and that but i'm like oh, you know i can still make mine when i have the time this that, and the other thing and and let's see if i get you know 30 i'd be happy with 50 people yeah. out, out, outside of my direct family you know because i know that that's right at least 20 people than my mom and dad and brother and sister mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh, and then, yeah, it's just kind of taken off from there. And honestly, I, I know it's what every podcaster says, but really seeing the downloads and even if it's just a couple hundred or like a little spike in 10, you know, over the previous month, that makes me keep going to make oh, more yeah. episodes. No, it man, really it's, it's, it's amazing. I love, I love when, um, I've got your big milestone of 10,000. Congratulations. Oh, on- dude. Thank <laughs> you. Well, you know, it's funny, right? I, I get really, so it's science is such a metric driven field right the saying the saying in science is you know or in academic science let me say is if you um what is it if it's if it's unread if it's unread you're dead or something like that right oh yeah if if, if you don't publish you're you're dead right so it's i mean my my advisor is so funny he's got like we're we're part of a lab that has a phenomenal advisor and he just like um he's got a you know he's got he's got so many citations and and reads on his papers and whatever that when i hit like i hit i hit five and i was like dancing around the lab you know i mean he was like five i remember (laughs) i remember when i was happy about such little things you know what i mean um it's like come on man no this is phenomenal for me and it's it's the same way with this, you know. I mean, I love I love hearing from fans. That's like that's probably my favorite thing. Like I was surprised even I figured like I'd get the Patreon going. 
my mom would down you know my mom would donate yeah um <laughs> you know katie would donate yeah, yeah maybe some of my yeah. friends would donate you know what i mean but yeah. like you know people from out of the woodwork have started donating and being like you know we really like what you're doing it's it's so it's so awesome you know what i mean it really it really does make you keep going you know um but yeah, the so fan, the fans are key i still won't do facebook for the record I know I could get a bigger fan base doing that. I just won't do it. Man, so, I tried. So the thing, the thing that's so funny is I tried even like, um, I tried even. So when I when I first started, the only people listening to me were my undergrads, right? Like people that I had people that I worked with. So like, you um, ordered to do- <laughs> I got, I, I've got, to, I got to give him a shout out. So Justin Ramberger and Dan Dan Aceta, um, are like, uh, you know, two of like the original fans of this podcast, um. <laughs> they were probably like my first and second downloads, honestly. That's um, awesome. And, you know, uh, they still like Dan sends questions. Justin sends reviews to me and, you know, things he thinks I can change and make better and whatever. But be like getting out of that bubble or even having like their friends text and be like, oh, man, you know, Justin told me about the show. I really like it. And I started listening. That's awesome. You know, it's so cool mm-hmm. to have people that you didn't expect like I, I mean if i ever see a like i think i've sent out like 10 of those stickers if i ever see a mad scientist sticker on a car i don't know i think i'll straight up like have a heart attack i will <laughs> flat mine on my car when i'm driving to cape cod next time there we go, there we go. you know and i'll and i'll be waiting on the highway so i can see it. like you know what i mean that's the thing like it's so i'll it tweet it in cool. every state going up there <laughs> well you know like we but we were talking before like this is funny we've gotten we were already probably like 20 minutes in and we're we haven't talked about our paranormal things at all. We've just That's talked okay. about, just talked about <laughs> podcasting. Um which I honestly if again, if people want to learn about it, please contact us. I would be so happy to have um inspired anyone to get into this as a hobby. It's so I much agree. it's I, so much fun. I'm not an expert, but I can point you to the right expert. Yeah, I mean it's so me. it's so much fun. And like I'm trying to think, I mean, even if you hadn't sent me this this uh microphone, I think I've spent like I broke, I broke even the other day. Wow, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, so nice. <laughs> because because I, um, I mean, the good thing with me is that, well, the good thing, I haven't broken even in terms of time. If we're like, if we're if we're calculating yeah. the amount of time I could have been working on my thesis or something, <laughs> hourly rate. Yeah, yeah, if we're doing an hourly rate, I am deep in the red. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it's, I don't know, man. I mean, it's a labor of love right now, anyways. Yeah, it really is, and I mean, I don't. I know you don't have any sponsors yet. I don't. My my wife's company sponsors mine. Oh, sweet. Um, you know, and that's just more to get more advertising out for her because it's all family run business. Right. But you know, we neither of us, I think, are at that level yet. But I think there's something to be said about that too. At the same token, you know, where it's kind of, you know, we're still indie, and I think that that makes our fans that much cooler. And again, not yeah. blowing smoke up. And and you know, you mentioned yours. I got to give a shout out to um, Maxi. Maxi Mori on uh, Twitter, and uh, which you've probably seen her from. Uh, she's oh, yeah, tweeted you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. Her, yeah. her and uh, Jennifer Curran from she was from Truth and Justice, um, uh, fanfare, and those two outside of my immediate family were probably the biggest uh, 
influences or pressures, I guess, right. uh, kind of nature's to get me going into my first episode. Because they were like, I'm like, ah, oh. yeah, you always have that. Oh, nobody's going to listen to it. Right. Why am I going to spend 40 hours or however much, you know, researching right, right. this and putting it together and, and spending all this time if nobody's going to listen to it? Yeah. I'm just a, a moron under my stairs talking to myself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but then when you see that first one, and I was like, whoa, I think I got like 100 episodes or 100 downloads or something. Yeah. But to me, it's a ton, you know? And to me, uh, the other big thing for me was actually my, um, believe it or not, it was my dad getting into it, who, you know, of oh. all people, like, he the podcast here and there. And, uh, but just hearing him be like, hey, I would change that sound next time. Or, or uh, you know, that story was, was pretty good. Try this one. And, like, even now, he's really into it, where he cuts out, like, newspaper articles where he's like, hey, this might be interesting for your show or something like that. Oh, that's awesome. So, I really love all that side. And just, uh, you know, immediate family and, you know, my brother and sister-in-law who don't really listen to podcasts, but they'll listen to my show. You know, right. so it's, it's stupid stuff like that where it's still family, but it's kind of unseen fans, so to speak. Or, right. Or, uh, yeah. And, so those are the types sorry you may have to edit that out <laughs> <laughs> now we're leaving it in now we have to leave it in <laughs> uh, i kind of cough away from it <laughs> oh my uh, god yeah you know it's it's interesting i think i think the same thing like i it's funny i have my roommates in college um are like they're they, so one of my roommates from college listens all the time. Him and him and um, him and another one of our friends. Uh, so it's it's Jesse and Paige. Um, they they listen uh, pretty regularly. I think they used to listen regularly at least. I know Paige does. Um, and and that's phenomenal. That's so cool to me that like they listen and you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. I didn't have to ask them to. They're just kind of like supportive that way. Yep. Yep. Uh, Paul and Mangus are not supportive that way. <laughs> which is fine but i always joke with them now that i'm I'm like um the other day we were playing rocket league and uh which by the way like if if anyone that's listening i don't know wants to find me on on xbox my my name is mad scientist cogs i think awesome. still but um <laughs> but yeah i uh i was playing with them and i was you know talking about how excited i was i got ten thousand downloads whatever and uh i was like you know oh it was like i was like but you guys weren't you know kind of joke with him i was like well you guys weren't either of those right so i can count it as like a real win <laughs> and uh and one of, one of my friends was like uh mingus was was saying you know at this point i have at this point i have um completely like set it up in my mind that this will be something like a an economic opportunity that i will regret later in life <laughs> he's like i'm just i have i have now committed to not putting in any help or money to this so that <laughs> later on when you're a millionaire i will regret it <laughs> like, that's fine that's whatever you know but so it's, serious it's, question does katie listen to it katie, and not because she has to yes no to katie, katie, katie does listen to it i think it's funny actually katie really likes um last podcast on the left and obviously astonishing legends mm-hmm. and i guess we didn't so i guess this will this will be my how i got into whatever paranormal yep. stuff podcasting so i um so like i grew up like my family is very my family is from um my dad my dad wasn't super religious until he got kind of like really sick and then all of a sudden he was like you know Jesus save me you know what i mean yeah. but um but like before that he wasn't you know like i grew i mean well I, that's kind of interesting though i like i grew up um i grew up my dad worked at a preschool that was part of a church and okay. so 
like, you know, we used to play hockey with the priests and, you know, like, so I, and then my mom, my mom is from Italy. So my mom's family is very religious and whatever. So like automatic, automatic Catholic. Yeah, exactly. You know, I kind of was like, I was, I was born, uh, I was born with a gold, a gold gaudy cross already on me. You know what I mean? I still have baby jewelry. That's like all diamond out and whatever. Like it's, you know, it's, it's just like the New York city Italian thing to do. Um, and so were you, you were Brooklyn, right? Or Staten Island. Island. Staten Island. Yeah, I wish Brooklyn. No, I'm just kidding. It's you know, Staten <laughs> my Island. wife's my wife's family's from up there. So, I, uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, Staten Island's great. I mean, it's it's uh you know it's fun. Jersey Shore, or whatever, right? Uh, Vinny or whatever the name is from there. <laughs> yeah. no, I, no, they're all from New Jersey, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Vinny's from Staten Island. I know, um, I know. Our claim to fame, okay? That is our that is our claim to fame. To fame. <laughs> so, um, them in the uh, them in the New York Dolls are our claims to fame, <laughs> and oh, and, and Wu Tang Clan, of course. The Brooklyn oh. accent's way better though. But anyway, oh, uh, dude, yeah. So, so, anyways, so my mom, like, my mom was always into like weird stuff. Like, my mom is into like tarot cards and astrology, and you know, like, um, she has all the books, like all the original books on Scientology from like when they were published and stuff like my mom's always been into that kind of thing and so she's always kind of and like and, and my family seems to be just into it too like my cousin Liz um did a master's thesis I think on witchcraft oh right? wow so like so there was always like a big influence on that kind of um interest right and then my my uncle it's kind of like a family tradition every every generation has one male in my family who has done a thesis on Dante's um divine comedy. Oh wow. <laughs> like everyone wow, everyone does one, right? It's like your so, family tradition. <laughs> so my uncle my uncle Martin did one. His son, uh Mikey did one. Um and you know, uh, I don't think it was a I don't think it was a it was like a, you know, a, a big project or whatever, but so anyways, um so I kind of grew up in that like that sort of weird spooky kind of thing being part of just how I grew up. And like the stories my mom told from back in Italy and whatever. And so I got kind of involved in these sorts of like weird podcasts or whatever, pretty much from like, so I always had that interest. I always read books and whatever. I then went to, when I looked for podcasts, I think I found first like conspiracy ones, whatever. Then I listened to the Paracast for a while. I always listen to Coast to Coast AM and whatever. And then I think the Paracast became like too, too kind of like true believery for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was becoming kind of, I don't know, like not really frustrating. Like I still enjoy it. I still listen to it all the time. But um, yeah, like there were some things that I was like, okay, like they had a guy on that was talking about how um, aliens had already infiltrated like everyday society. Right, Duh. and I, mean, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> men in know, black." I mean, you know, and af- and afterwards, like one of the afterwards, someone else that was on there was like, "Oh, that's spooky. That's really scary." And I was like, "No, it's not. That's not <laughs> scary at all. This guy, you know, this guy should be put away. You know, it's it's not scary. There's no evidence." And then I found through that, I found like I started just trying to find other ones to listen to, and I downloaded, I downloaded an episode of. I remember I downloaded an episode of Lore. And an episode of Astonishing Legends at the same time. Like, I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to these. I'm going to go for a walk and just, like, listen to them. And I fell in love with both. 
and then you know started listening to astonishing legends regularly lore regularly whatever and then now i'm just kind of you know got involved with the arc and now i'm here i guess okay. one would say yeah that's a fun it's a fun uh uh, story arc, I guess, for for your own personal story, which is <laughs> kind of cool. No, it's kind of cool where you, and I think it's funny that somebody with such a heavy kind of religious background and, and uh, more into the, the magical stuff, for lack of a better term, yeah, is now a, a doctorate chemist. You know what well, I mean? I think, like I the other extreme. You well, know? It's, it's funny, right? I think that from what I've been able to find, and this is just a personal story mm-hmm. i guess so whatever take it with a grain of you know a huge grain of salt but pretty much everyone in the sciences that i've talked to about this kind of topic is interested in it right if science is the search for truth in in some ways i mean there's we can go into a whole big thing about that that's a whole other thing but if science is the search for if science is the search for truth then this whole side of the human experience that people seem to be having needs to be explained logically, right? And yeah. it, and it, and if it, you know, maybe it is all explainable through science, right? I mean, that's kind of the, the viewpoint I have on most of it for now, right? But it's still interesting to people. And I think a lot, I think for a lot of people, science acts as a, means of making sense of scary things the same know? way religion religion does same thing right same I, and i think i think it is part of like the same two sides of the same coin you know it mm-hmm. one goes for more of a um i guess a belief-based view of of how to protect oneself from these scary things and then the other side is you look at it and you, and you learn as much as you can and then maybe you come to find out well it's not that scary you know but i think i think it's a um yeah, I think it's interesting. Like I've said, everyone I've talked to in the sciences has been interested in skeptically looking at these things or learning about them or whatever. You know, it's actually it's actually I would I would say that it's the um it's some of the philosophers or or people in people with more of a philosophical bent to them that I've met that have have kind of uh, out of hand turned these ideas away. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and I went to um, I went to the University of Scranton for college, yep. so it was like all Jesuits, right? And, and as much as you think they're the hardcore kind of Catholics, they're they're also the ones that get you thinking a little bit outside the box a little bit too. Yeah, no, they're so I, they're super I, philosophical. Yeah, yeah, I think that, and that's actually part of the reason why I personally like your podcast because it's kind of similar. It makes you think, you know what I mean? Similar yeah. kind of philo- philosophical beat science um kind of look at things too with looking at some of the same topics that that i cover and i like listening to from other podcasts too right. so th- that's why I'd at least uh, and i've always told my listeners yeah i mean you get into the science pretty heavy and i like that sometimes and some of them might be lost during that but that's okay you know i, yeah. I think the <laughs> overall overarching concepts are okay with it you know what i mean they would yeah. be okay with it and they'd be able to follow oh yeah you know um I- i'm a science dork at heart i was bio pre-med for the first semester at least uh before i figured nice. out that chemistry equals math uh yeah, which i can't well, that's well, the yeah. problem <laughs> uh, bio great they great anatomy and physiology despite popular belief from some of the never mind uh, <laughs> 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 that did great in that as well 
And then we started going into chemistry, physics, and that was too close to math. And I'm like, all right, which major is the least amount of math? Communications? Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, so. I think it's so it's so <laughs> funny, right? I was the opposite. I was I was garbage at chemical engineering until we got to the math. Like, like I was I mean, chemical engineering basically is all math. It's all applied mathematics. It's all break down to math. Just put letters in it. Yeah, it's exactly. It's it's all applied mathematics. But basically, like, um, when you're like an undergraduate student, the first thing they teach you is, like, in engineering, you can start from first principles pretty much and just use math to describe every system. Right. That's the whole idea. And all of engineering is based around sort of making chemical engineering at least is sort of based around the idea that certain quantities in the universe can be neither created or destroyed right like energy or mass and those things therefore you can look at the beginning of a process and the end of the process and those things should be equal at the beginning and the end right so whatever mass you have coming into a system must be equal to the mass that's coming out of it Right. Correct. Yeah. So even I can follow that. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much all chemical engineering is. Right. Is putting and so it gets a little bit the the three like classical fields of chemical engineering are you can tell so we've throughout this whole process we've been drinking beer. Right. And you My can favorite. tell that I'm I'm almost having too much beer because I'm talking about chemical engineering. Eh, not yet. Not yeah. Eh, not too bad. So. Uh, <laughs> we've been on the line a lot longer than we've been recording. Remember? That's true. We have been. <laughs> So, chem- so chemical engineering, it there's these three classical classes. You know, you take there's the the balances around mass, balances around uh, momentum, which is just a force, and then balances around energy, right? And so from mm-hmm. that you get heat transfer is energy, uh, momentum is fluid dynamics, and then mass is mass transfer and kind of like basic um, basic flow uh, processes in chemical engineering, and so. All of that, though, comes from the same exact equation. It comes from one very simple equation, which is that whatever goes in has to equal whatever comes out, plus whatever is accumulating in a certain area, right? Like so, my bladder right now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, exa- <laughs> well yeah. So it's, it's, and it's, it's, it's really actually quite simple when you break it down, <laughs> but as an undergraduate, you're given all these very, like, all these very specific equations. You're taught, like, okay... This applies to how much flow you get across a pipe if it's, you know, if there's no friction and it's this temperature and you don't have any gases in the mixture and whatever. And that was too complicated for me. I couldn't remember all that crap. What I needed was, this is the math. This is how you, you do the math. And now you make the decisions for yourself. So once we got to that class, I was good. But before that, I was like, I don't know what's going on I'm here. still... I'm still convinced with the, all of your chemical engineering degrees, you could probably find so many shortcuts on home brewing. It's all chemical engineering, right? Type of thing. Dude, it's, it's, it's all chemical engineering. I took a yep. class on biomedical or biomedical. I took a class on biochemical engineering and we basically just learned how to brew beer. <laughs> that was like the entire class, right? It was, it was this, the kinetics on how to get, you know, how much of a certain product is being produced by the bacteria or whatever. You know what I mean? Yep. It's all, uh, yeah, I probably could do that, but I, I have too many hobbies. Katie would kill me. 
I will send you a homebrew game. Dude, I have I have I have way too many hobbies. I please podcasting is is the the one that's stuck for the longest. I have in my house right now, I have a set of drums, I have a bunch of guitars, I have a paint set, um the podcasting stuff, I got video games out the butt. I mean, I got too much crap going on. Yeah, I agree. With my I mean with my ADD, if any project lasts longer than two months that's pretty good so the yeah, fact that I mean, this podcast yeah. is still going yeah I mean, this is this is good because it's gone i think this is good because it's it's different topics every, every yeah exactly. well like i always said thing. so and uh you know they say that that's find your interest levels right look through your google history uh-huh. and mine was you know youtube videos top 10 fill in the blank conspiracy stuff and um how to homebrew stuff homebrew tips so I'm like perfect mix puzzles. There we go. Yeah, there you you go. Know? Like, so that's where that's where pints and puzzles evolved from. At least huh. was I was like, what's my browsing history? Oh, beer and conspiracy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm, and I'm like, and I was, and I know that there's as much as I love homebrewing, um, and the Mister Wizard side of it. Even though I'm not a, a chemical engineer or anybody, <laughs> that, you know. But it's surprising because I can do calculations for like ABV in my head now uh-huh. and stuff like that. So I guess math does come in handy later on. Yeah, like, well, <laughs> it's just funny the <laughs> things you apply it to. Where I'm yeah. like, oh look, this and this and this and this will give me this, you know, uh, gra- final gravity and stuff like right. that. Um, but you know, it's just funny that, that I'm like, there's not enough there where people will be interested in it in the whole homebrew thing. So I'm like, ah. Well, what if we just drink beer and talk about conspiracies? <laughs> oh, wait, that's what I do anyway. Okay, good. Perfect. Perfect. I'll just, <laughs> put, a, yeah, I'll just put a mic out. It's fine. Yeah, I'll yeah. just talk into the microphone about it. So. Yeah, the, the, actually, it's funny. The original idea for mine was on one of my lab mates, um, or former lab mates now. I actually gave her a shout out last episode, uh, Denara Andorova, Dr. Denara. Um, <laughs> she uh, she start, you know, she, so we were in the lab together, and she's from Kazakhstan originally. And so um, we'd always have these like long discussions. She lived like a block away from me when we were in grad school. And so I used to give her a ride home, you know, like maybe like once or twice a week or whatever. But on those rides home, we'd, we'd always end up talking about something really weird. So we talk about like, you know, um, one time we talked about Jade Helm, right? The Jade Helm mm-hmm. conspiracy. One time we talked about uh, the JFK murder and, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, all, you know, all just weird stuff, whatever. And one time, we both were listening to podcasts and she was like, Oh, we should just like put a mic in the car. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you know, and then I, I bought a mic and it kind of worked out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yep. it's, it's really cool. Anyways. It's all right. So- let's, let's do these top five What's lists. That? Let's, let's get to this. So this whole thing again was, we're going to do five topics each, like little kind of intros, whatever, and talk about them a little bit that we find really interesting. So we left off with discussing kind of our past and like how we got into podcasting and stuff. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to ask you was, did you have any kind of weird experiences or, uh, you know, not necessarily abduction by aliens. (laughs) We probably would have talked about that already. (laughs) But uh, I mean, did you have any, basically any weird shit that's happened to you um, as a kid or, or otherwise, you know, in a prior life? Yeah. So, so it's interesting, right? So I said, right, right. So my family was like really religious. And so part of that is a lot of like Roman Catholic iconography, like, uh, you know, like big bloody paintings of Jesus and stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? All that, all that good stuff. Um, and 
So I had, when I was a kid, I thought, so, so one thing I always tell this to people whenever they ask this question, I still to this day have extremely vivid dreams. I seem to remember my dreams more than most people do. Okay. Um, so like, I remember, I'd say I remember like in a given week, right? I probably remember two days of dreams, like two nights of dreams. Oh, wow. Let's say. And they're always really vivid. And, um, and a lot of the times the stuff in my dreams like repeats. Right. So that's one thing with this like vividness, I think is that it, it always repeats. So it's like, you know, um, like actually places kind of, or like things yeah yeah so like places and people and and things too right so one thing i think that's kind of funny is i always when i was a kid we used to go to atlantic city like every summer mm-hmm. um and so for those that don't know what atlantic city is atlantic city is this kind of like kind of this seedy um well the part that i was in was seedy but the jersey shore itself can be pretty pretty nice <laughs> some part but uh jersey you know um <laughs> anyways no there are nice there are some nice parts. there are some very nice parts like avalon Cisa. yeah 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 no it's there, ocean city some... beautiful right <laughs> yeah, 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 so yeah. um so atlantic city is like you know the big casino place and that's where trump kind of like wrecked shit before he got into office so um still wrecking shit um still kind of wrecking shit so anyways um so <laughs> he, so his his hotels though that that taj the taj mahal he built there that's one of my repeating places in my dreams now is it the now here's the question is it the legitimate one like the way it actually is or yeah is yeah it, yeah no it's well okay. like dream version of it well you know I mean? so there's <laughs> one there's one hallway that connects and in my dream it connects to a mall complex okay so it's like it's like i'm in i'm in it's clearly the motif of the taj mahal uh-huh but like you know there's um if i run down a hallway or whatever i'm in like a room and then if i go a different way there's like a you know whatever yeah, because I always had those that. weird dreams growing up too, where it was like, "Oh, my grandparents' house," but it wasn't actually, you know, it was yep. just the version that always showed up in the dream. Yeah, so uh, even now in my thirties, well, you, you know, know the same thing. And you know what I think is interesting too is I think that for a lot of people, like I think that remembering your dreams is more of a skill than it is something that you naturally do, right? So it's like I think I tend to like dwell on, or not maybe not dwell is the right word, but I tend to when I because I because I know I have these vivid dreams, and because it seems like not many people or not as many people that I talk to remember their dreams. When I wake up, I try to make a point of being like, well, what did I dream? Mm-hmm. So I'll, tr- you know, I'll, I'll almost recall it on purpose. And I think that that's probably a big part of why I remember so many of them. Anyways. Well, they say you can control them if you start thinking about oh, it before have, bed and that sort of I, stuff. I, you I know, don't know. That's kinda... like, that's like a uh, matrix shit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Deep level. Um, <laughs> remote so, this viewing. Is, so this is funny. I had a friend. Anyway. Oh, this is this is too risque for the podcast. Maybe I had a friend. I had a friend in uh, in high school who took um, salvia, which is this like supposedly this uh, this thing. It's it's like a super potent hallucinogenic or something, right? Mm-hmm. And he swore that while he was on this, he had a full life. He was like a World War II pilot, and like. Um, you know, he had a he had a wife and everything, and they were in love and all this other shit. And so when he kind of like came out of it, whatever, he was like, "Yo, man, I had a wife. I loved her." And like, it was so strange. I mean, this could get into some real deep shit that I don't have enough beer down here to. I know. Get it, me it, into well, right now, but that's, it, yeah. 
but yeah, there's some, you can get into the whole, your soul sees the same. You just don't remember the past lives. Yeah. All that, all that kind of like, uh, whatever kid on a, kid on a I could probably talk to your mom longer about it than you, but yeah, text, text Dora. She'll, she'll have something nice. So anyways, um, anyway, ADD moments. So part of this, part of this, like dreaming thing, whatever is having really vivid nightmares too. And one of the repeating nightmares I always had was about doppelgangers. And I talk about this on uh, the Trivial Terrors podcast, right? Where I used to always dream that my neighbor Joe was outside my house um, <laughs> nailing, like, nailing boards to the house. So, like, he was pretending to be my neighbor Joe. It wasn't really him. It was, like, a ghost trying to get me or something. But uh, anyways, whatever. So part of those vivid dreams, though, became two kind of scary instances where I thought I saw a ghost. And so the first time was I remember waking up and walking down the hallway of my Uncle Martin's house and seeing a glowing a glowing figure with almost like a almost like a bird flying towards me, right? And the other time was being in my parents' room and watching TV and then seeing a glowing, like a green glowing thing kind of like float by the door, right? Now, were these like actual events or were these like after you woke up, right? So, here's the thing. When I was a kid, I got really bad fevers all the time. Oh, there you go. (laughs) And both of those times that like, so I was like, you know, 10 years old. And I was like, shit, I thought I saw a ghost two times, right? And I asked my mom, and she was like, you didn't see a ghost, stupid. You, your brain was just boiling. <laughs> you yeah, know? there was some weird shit. Like, I vividly remember my sheets attacking me when I had a fever, like, when well, I was a and, kid. And, you well, know? That's, and that's kind of, I think it's really interesting, right? That, so, and, and the reason why, like, I know someone, someone out there probably stopped listening by this point anyways, but that's I'm okay. sure... I'm sure um, our true fans are sticking yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure someone is listening and thinking like, well, how do you know it wasn't really a ghost? How do you know your mom didn't misremember or something? Right. And I guess the re- I guess it's because right afterwards, I like ran into her room crying because <laughs> I was scared. Right. right, right. Um, and she was like, oh, my God, your your, <laughs> your head is steaming, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so like I have. So I think and I think that's part of. Um, part of why I became so skeptical was having these experiences that then after the fact made me, you know, made me reconsider everything that I saw, you know? Uh, you do remember the Shadow People episode of Astonishing Legends, right? I do, and that's, well, you know what, it's funny, the Kakowski Intruder episode, like, really scared me. It's getting a little late to, late at night to be talking about these. Right I know. <laughs> it's, it's it's at this point now, listeners. It is twelve o'clock at night. It's twelve. It's twelve eighteen. In fact, um, for the record, I'm in the, the closet in my basement under. <laughs> right, I'm, and I'm sitting here all brave in a brightly lit room. <laughs> yeah, that that could be the beer helping you. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? So like, so yeah. So the Kakowski <laughs> the Kakowski Intruder episode really scared me and struck a nerve because. A lot of the same, a lot of the same things that they were talking about, like having vivid dreams, remembering them. You know, my grandma swears still that she, um, my grandma swears that she can see the future in her dreams. You know, um, she's claimed that it it's happened to her two or three times over her life, right? Um, 
Based on what you've told me about your grandma so far, man, I don't doubt that at well, all. And the thing, the thing that's so interesting is I think it's probably, again, I think it's probably that your brain, when you're sleeping, so this is my own kooky theory, mm-hmm. I think a lot of those things are, because a lot of the stuff that she, a lot of the things that you, I would say, experience in daily life are pretty mundane, right? Mm-hmm. They're things like, um, you know, well, I'll probably go to the grocery store over the next week, right? Yeah, yeah. If I have a dream that I went to the grocery store and I bought Oreos, right? And uh and then I actually go and do it. Did I predict that? Or is it just part of your routine? Well yeah. not yeah, well not really, right? It's just routine. And and who knows if my dreaming about Oreos didn't make me in waking life be like, oh, I want Oreos. Right? And I think in many ways, and I think also you forget the misses, right? You only remember the hits. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I had a dream and in my dream, I went to the store and I bought, you know, pumpkins and um, apples and whatever, pasta and stuff and, and all this other crap, right? But I remember that, oh, I was holding Oreos in my dream and now I'm holding a bag. Spooky, well, I mean, you know? So that's the science side. There's the, I'll put the tinfoil hat on for you to be the other, <laughs> to be the other side in that, you know, there's the theory that when you when you fall asleep and are dreaming, then that connects you to the the next spiritual plane or whatever, all that crap. Um, you know, and I say that all that crap, but it's a theory out there, right? So then that's why you can see some of these things ahead of time because it's, you know, it, it kind of opens up your brain a little bit more than it would in your normal life with all the other external stimulations. Right, on, right. So. I mean, it's it's an interesting, you know, it's interesting. I always think that if you know it's sort of that, like, that said i guarantee you some of my dreams are never coming true no absolutely <laughs> you know? please no i i uh no 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 i mean i had i had one i had one that i was uh you know i dunked on Shaq once <laughs> <laughs> i remember having that dream as a kid and being like hell yeah cool none, none of yeah. mine are podcast safe even for this podcast <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm not repeating any oh, of them oh my goodness uh, anyway all right so let's let's get into this like you know we're we're what um, three hours into us talking on this Skype call, um, <laughs> probably like yeah. an, probably forty minutes or so into this episode. Uh, that's um, not as bad as it sounds. No, <laughs> I not, thought it was going to be not as long as it sounds. Well, I don't know for sure how long this has been so far, but let's so let's let's get into our top five here. So give me give me your top five paranormal. All right. So my number. You want to just go back and forth on this? Yeah. Sure. Let's see. Yeah, okay. Whatever. All right. All right. I don't care if you cut that out. Um, so. So one of mine, and, and these are in order of what I'll say, order of craziness. So as we go through my list, at least, just add kind of another layer of heavy, heavy duty tinfoil as we go through here, <laughs> um, or have another beer, so that, so it makes more sense. Um, so the first one, and, and for for pints and puzzles purposes, at least, this is um, these are ones that either are too. Man, I'm gonna say they're all too. Too too batshit crazy to do on my show um, at this point, with the exception of the first one. That just um, I tried to do it for enough for enough for the show. It just didn't have enough uh, kind of substance to it. So the first one is the Vatican Chronovisor. I don't know. Have you heard of this one so yet? I've I've never heard of this one before. So this one was, and again, I have my Wikipedia page open um, for <laughs> for this. Which I used to have a way more bigger bias against that until uh, 
Astonishing Legends brought up some good points about uh, when was the last time your uh, Encyclopedia Britannica was edited, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, seriously. There is something to be said for that. Yeah. But that said, take this for a great assault here. But basically it is, there was a priest um, back in the, it looks like 19, well, he lived from 1925 to 1994. He was an Italian priest uh, and scientist that came up with this, basically a television that could tap into past waves, basically, and see images from past time frames. So now, so now we're getting into the science. <laughs> yeah, so this is why I brought it up for you, because, yeah, he was a Roman Catholic priest. He's Italian, so maybe your Nona knows him. Um, but, you know, but he used a, uh, he had a cabinet with a large, it says a large cathode ray, cathode ray tube, which is basically a large TV, old school TV. Um, and then it had a bunch of buttons, levers, and all sorts of crap on it that would pick up the, it says it would pick up and decode the past electromagnetic radiation left behind from past events. Uh, it could also pick up the audio component emitted by those same events. So it could always go backwards, but it couldn't go forward. Um, and allegedly he, this guy says that he witnessed amongst other scenes, uh, performance in Rome of the lost tragedy uh let's see sorry i really should have done my research beforehand here uh <laughs> whatever it's unscripted get yeah, over it's it. fine it's okay <laughs> so well, so it's it's interesting. anyway he saw a bunch of, of weird shit i i don't know oh um there was and allegedly there was a photo of christ himself uh which was of course later debunked but i still like the story was, anyway yeah. <laughs> i still like the story anyway and of course where did this chronovisor go Afterwards, it is in the secret Vatican archives where everything else is. So i I really like I really like the idea of the secret Vatican archives. Personally, yep. I, th- I always find that fascinating because they probably do have. I mean, they do have. It's not probably they do have huge, a uh, huge wealth of knowledge, right? So we lost as as a cult, like as a people as a race of people, as the human race, right? We lost, I mean, a huge amount of built-up knowledge when the library at Alexandria was burned down. Mm -hmm. And probably, and so, you know, a lot of our science and our, our culture, our philosophy too, wouldn't exist today in the, or we wouldn't know as much about it if it wasn't for, um, you know, the Muslim world uh, keeping some of our knowledge, right? So, or, or holding on to it during the Middle Ages, right? And, and you know, the. Uh, so I think it's really fascinating to think about the stuff. Maybe, so, you know, and I, I don't think that they're, I don't necessarily think that they're keeping it because, you know, they want to hide it or something. I think, though, that it's, it's just a matter of there's so much stuff that who knows what they really have there. You know, yeah. There's always the like. You always have speculation about what you can't see, right? So yeah, that, exactly. That's, that's part of most conspiracy theories, let alone this one specifically. But I also think that that some of the stuff, yeah. There, there's always science, and you know this as a scientist. I mean, there's always science that's ahead of its time, or there's a science that we don't understand at our current time. 
you know right like like how they thought you know they thought the earth revolved around the sun back in the day i mean some people nowadays still think that but you know uh, yeah for, for the most part <laughs> that's another well the sun revolves podcast. around the earth yeah yeah but you know for the, yeah whatever whichever way it goes <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm gonna say there are some people that think that. Most people think yeah. that. Are you admitting something to uh, me here? Uh, let's, uh, yeah, I'm admitting I've had too many beers. Uh, uh, no. There we go. So, <laughs> no, okay. I, I, you uh, know what I think, but but here's the problem with that, right? Is like with with science that's ahead of its time, it is never in a vacuum. This is the problem that I think a lot of people, a lot of people, when they think about science being the same as like faith right science has a or should have good science has a history that you can go back to the very beginning and see how the ideas developed and there are dead ends and stuff right so um so even in my field right you go from say thinking that clays and and clay materials would be really useful for catalysis and then we found out no clays are pretty bad at this so then we moved on to another type of of rock we moved on to silica or zeolites rather um and then zeolites are now today kind of missing the mark on a lot of things so now we're moving on to metal organic frameworks um but along the way there's that history of like thrown away ideas or maybe not thrown away but ideas that kind of didn't pan out yeah. And the problem with a lot of these fantastical, like, you know, oh, the US government has built a UFO or whatever, right? Is there would be so much, so much other science or other knowledge around that that has to be built up, right? That it's, it would be impossible to hide it all. It, but you know, who's to say that? That, that that knowledge wasn't suppressed too, you know, but, I mean? but because they found the connection. But that's the thing, right? Is again, I'm playing tinfoil hat guy. I know, in, I know. In this, I, I, in, this I uh, in in our list here, right, I, I think I think it's. I so, anyways, I think I think there's something to be said for that as well. Maybe it's all hidden, but again, a lot of machines, like the, a lot of the things that we think of as being in the future, are happening right now. Right, the technology for quantum computing is being developed in labs as we speak. Correct. So yeah. when we come up with a quantum computer, and and by that I mean a computer that can hold data and memory in quantum mechanical properties, as opposed to the um you know one you know the electrons being present or not present in a right Once in a lattice there. or whatever. Right. When we can start to store data on a quantum scale. As opposed to on the scale of, I mean, electrons are quantum, but atomic scales we do now. Things are going to, you know, that's going to seem to come out of nowhere, but it didn't. That's happening right now. There are labs doing that right now, you know? So I always wonder, like, with this, with this, and that's the problem, I think, with this, um, this chronovisor thing, at least, is it would almost, it would almost be more palatable to me if it did look forward and backwards at if it could look bo- at both. Well, see, I've always had this theory that we can only go backwards. I don't think we can go forward in time. If there's time travel at all, I think we can only go backwards. See, but that assumes that our... This could make it get way too deep for yeah, what we're but, talking about. But, like, but. <laughs> but so that assumes that our line of history is the primary one. Correct. Right? Right. 
that assumes that like we you know and that's the that's the problem with uh mankind generally like we always think that we're you know we're the real ones right um we're well, the good guys we're not the bad guys in history well the theory um, is we would go back on this timeline right and, and this gets back to you know for anybody that's that, that's still listening you know even if we go dumb it down to all the way to back to the future terms you know what i mean how how doc showed oh when you went back and did this then you split the time frame and then you know this is where i always go back yeah. to you know you split it and now biff is the the vegas donald trump or whatever he is you know in in back is, to the future too which was donald the worst trump. yeah he really was right um even though back to the future 2 was the worst fucking movie in the series <laughs> but it was horrible but that said the the concept right where if you go back you have to make sure that you go back and not screw with stuff but i to me, the concept sounded in my non-scientific brain sounded like it made sense. You know, something happens, the energy gets released, right? If we could figure out a way to go back and find that old energy and tap into it and translate it, then we should be able to see it. So right? here's here's the problem, though, right? We talked earlier about how energy is one of those things that's conserved, right? Right. So it comes in and it goes out. That energy, that past energy if it's still around today in the form that it was back then, that means it's being taken out of the system somehow. Oh, when we tap into it. Right? No, oh. well, not even that, right? That means that it's being stored in its old way. Like, okay, let's, let's take the analogy of a, of a glass of water or, a, or a, like, okay, you got, a, you got a big tank of water, right? Mm-hmm. And you have water flowing in, you have water flowing out. And you want to be able to tell what water molecule was there like you want to be able to tell where that water molecule was at a certain time or be able to tell this analogy has fallen apart hold on let me okay that's okay no no here's, no here's, and, and no, 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 no. for asking the question but I just, no, 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 I was no. Like, Wait. no 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 here's okay here's the problem right go back it's <laughs> rewind it's your Okay, if time flows like water, right? We can think of if we have a pipe system, we have water flowing into a tank, it fills up the tank, and then eventually it'll come out, right? Okay. That's the way energy kind of works in the systems, is it it comes in and it can accumulate in a system and then it can go out to do other things. Right? But all the energy in the universe is being used to power something else. Energy doesn't just sit someplace right? It's being used for things. So think of it this way. If we're right, able so to, if we're able to see the imprint on past energy or look right. at the past through the, the imprint on the energy of the past, that assumes either that energy always has some kind of, first off energy. That's such a stupid, I hate when people use energy for paranormal things. Energy doesn't mean anything. All right, they but, used electromagnetic radiation. Okay, sound, so let's sound say, waves so let's say electromagnetic radiation, right? <laughs> that assumes that that electromagnetic radiation either retains all of its past memories that it will ever have, right? Which means that information is being stored inside of it somehow, or it means that that electromagnetic radiation has stayed in its state that it was into that past point. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So my non-science brain is, is going to, is translating this as 
you're saying that if it if it has like a code, you know, the assassination of JFK has a code of three six one nine, that that has to say three six one nine the whole time, forever, in in order to be translated. But you're saying when it gets released out into out into wherever it goes, you know, the space or universe, then that could be translated to like three six two nine or three or four six two nine. You know, it get mixed up then. It's well, so okay. It's almost like this. It's almost it's almost like this, right? When you're powering a car, you're burning fuel to make energy, and then that energy is being used to move the car forward, right? Right. Where does that energy go after it pushes the car forward? So the car is moving forward with some momentum, and that energy gets dissipated over time as friction in the wheels and the drag from the air and whatever, right? Okay. After that energy gets dissipated. Is there any way to tell that that friction or like that that friction gets released, whatever? So that energy gets released into the air as as heat, right? Right. How do you translate the friction and the drag into the car moving? Yeah, like and the type of car, and right? The model of the car, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I got you. That I got you. energy is is a part of a bigger process, and there's no way to pick out at what point in the process it was doing work, or you know what I mean. But- What's to say that different cars, makes and models don't give off slightly different, you know what I mean? Slightly different friction or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. But the problem is, the problem that is, you could I think it back together. if we go back to that, that stupid analogy I tried to make with water, right? <laughs> um, let's say some of the water I'm drinking right now, some of the water in the ice in my cup right now, a molecule of that water might have been some of the water that, Jesus turned into wine. Right. Right? Right. How how would I know? So what's to say they they didn't invent a machine that could look at that ice cube and or that molecule of water and determine that? The problem is that that this might this might be way too much to keep in by the way. That, well, all I'm saying, all is, but final, I like the discussion either final, way. Final word on this, in my in my opinion, at least, is your there's nothing about electromagnetic radiation that suggests any historis any um, we call it a hysteresis any any kind of effective history on it. Right. I got you. I got so you. it's always being transferred and moved about. Energy is always being transferred and moved. And there's nothing about the energy that's going into moving a car that's any different than the energy that's being used to move a plane or the energy that's being used to heat up the surface of the road or something. It's all the same kind of, you know, it's, it's the same kind of thing. It's all in some ways, um, you know, used to so power. The, those like energy that. particles can't be used as like a photograph or like a Polaroid. So there's too. no, so that's the thing. There's no, there's no particle of energy. I right? got you. There's no particle. Like energy is if I'm if I'm like in the car example, right? The energy that's present in the molecules of the gas, that is being broken up and then heat is being released, right? That heat is being used to pressurize gas and then the gas molecules themselves like hitting the side of the piston those are what's giving the pressure. It's actual molecules hitting a thing and then losing momentum. Okay, I got you. So it's basically it's it's too finite to make a picture out of. 
Like, yeah, there's nothing. There's. I'm there's, trying. I'm trying to dumb it down. No, no, it's fine for me. Right? There's. There's nothing in there that is identifiable. Yeah, of. I got you. Yeah. All right. So basically, everything from when you said from that last section that you did is perfect. <laughs> no, might, if you're going back to edit, right? I think we should just leave it all in. I don't. Know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, we okay. may have lost a lot of people during that time. I don't know. You think Although so? they're still sticking on this long. Yeah, no, we're fine. We're good. Okay. All right. All right. My, <laughs> my I, listen, I want to do, I think this will be fun to just put out as like a full thing. You know what I mean? I, uh, just as is. Yeah, totally. That's what okay. I do. With, that's what we do with the round tables. I think they come out pretty good. Okay, so yeah, but I'm not Marie. <laughs> okay. So your first, your first was the Vatican chronovisor. So my yep. first one is entombed animals. Ooh, tell me about it. So this is, so I remember reading as a kid, a book called Mysteries of the Unexplained that I bring up in like every single episode. I feel like, <laughs> but um, in the book there was this picture of a toad who was sitting in a block of carbon, of coal carbon. Jeez, you can tell that I'm. Uh, you can tell that I've been in science too long. <laughs> Um, so it's in, it's in coal and it had claimed in the book that people were finding frogs and and newts and stuff and like salamanders and whatever encased in coal and that this was proof of hell basically nope. right this was proof of animals being uh damned <laughs> like i don't know what that little toad ever did to anybody <laughs> but evidently you know uh the devil was like nah toad you're 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 it you or know? is it humans being put into well i don't know that kind of it really scared me and i i remember being a kid and being like well what going on there i don't want to be a toad in stone <laughs> right? I'll, I'll be good please santa i'll no. go clean my room <laughs> so the thing that i find interesting is um I, i've since learned more about it and whatever and so here's a quote this is from wikipedia again but um So, during the 1820s, English geologist William Buckland conducted an experiment to see how long a toad could remain alive while encased in stone. He placed toads of different sizes and ages into carved chambers within limestone and sandstone blocks, then buried the blocks in his garden. A year later, he dug up the blocks and found that most of the toads were dead and decayed. A few toads that had been in the limestone, which did contain small pores, were still living. So they lived. Some of the some of the toads did live, but it's because it's limestone, so it's porous. But here's the thing that's kind of crazy. However, Buckland found them all dead after reburying them. (laughs) Okay, he he was like, "Oh, they're alive." He put them back in the fucking ground for another year. What do you think? What What do you think happened between the two? I think William Buckland needed to go see a therapist. That's what I think. (laughs) Frankly, so yeah, well, that's the interesting thing, right? So, um, so what's what's kind of funny is that in in Nature, in the journal Nature in 1910, um, they actually wrote a story on this, <laughs> and they basically just said that you know, um, people are mistaking toads from coming out of like they're seeing a toad in a quarry and being like it must have come from the stone. It's like, no, it um, just jumped in the quarry. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? That's that's kind of their explanation. What I think is really interesting is um, what I think, listen, number one, I think probably a lot of people are being mistaken. And a lot of times people were using this as tourist attractions, right? So it was like, um, 
come see the toad in the stone, right? Or, you know, come to the amazing quarry where we found the toad. You know, it it was used, it was sold as this kind of thing. But I think in some weird cases, maybe, um, you know, I think it's similar to uh, a, a frog getting frozen or something, right? They can survive by becoming quiescent. They can become, they can, they can lower their metabolism so much that they could survive a lot of stuff. You like know, they don't David, have to... David Blaine, right? Yeah. Thing. <laughs> like, like toads, frogs and amphibians and stuff don't have to eat for a while. If they become, if they go into like, you know, it's, it's like hibernation basically. I gotcha. But I, I just remember being so, so, so affected by that. Another weird, like, it wasn't just toads. They found all kinds of stuff, <laughs> you know, and this book that I had bought at Barnes and Noble, the same place where I bought my books for school. <laughs> was telling me that it had happened, and I was like, "Damn, I must be real," you know. Gotta be true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, it, it is kind of amazing how many of these, even the stuff that the that I research for 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 my show occasionally and stuff is. It's amazing how many things are just tourist, touristy, or for tourism. You know. Yeah. Uh, how you find out later on, like, oh, there may have been a story there, but the town's perpetuating it either way. You know. Exactly. Of, yeah. You know. I think. Be- I, I think it's, you know, that's always something that's very, um, always very touchy on these topics, right? Is who is making money off? Right. Yeah. You know? It goes back to follow the money. You know? Exactly. Like who's, yeah. Who's benefiting ultimately from the story? Is it the scientist? Is it the journal? Is it the town? Is it, you know, right. Right. Whatever. Is it the frog? No, no it's <laughs> definitely not the frog. That frog is, is definitely screwed, not the frog. You know? Um, all right. What's your number two? All right. Well, first of all, we got to do a Pints and Puzzles plug real fast Ooh. for Sierra Nevada German Style IPA. That's my next one. That'll be coming up in our second bonus episode, by the way. Nice. All right. Shameless plug over. <laughs> and, <hold on. laughs> and I spilled beer. Hold on. <laughs> all right. While TJ's doing that, I'm drinking Lagavulin Scotch. Thanks to uh, Rich Malloy for providing the scotch. I'm still drinking the same bottle because it's so nice that I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to drink it all in one. Well, I couldn't possibly drink it all in one sitting, anyways. That'd be insane. I'd be more than happy to help you. Oh Jesus! Uh, next be, time I'm in New Hampshire, be very serious. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, the other thing, it's kind of funny as a as a side note. We, uh, my one buddy, has a bottle of Crown of all things that. It's from 2002, 2001, I think. And, you know, Crown's not super fancy, but <laughs> we refuse to open this. It's been aged for a long time now. Yeah. <laughs> and we just hey. haven't. I think he got it on his 21st birthday. And we're just like, no, let's not open it. Not just yet. leave it. Like, and no occasion. Like, <laughs> we've both been married. We've, I've had kids. Oh, like, wow. They're, um, they're about to adopt kids, you know? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's it's so crazy. Interesting. It's crazy shit. And we still haven't found a, an occasion special enough to open it. Wow. I'm like, dude, you are getting buried with that bottle. I'm going to say, seriously, you're going to, someone's going to have to go for us before something happens. Damn, dude. We'll light you on fire with it. Oh, <laughs> wow. It'll probably be so high proof. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of burials, let's go into my second topic here. Yeah. All right. So this one has no Wikipedia page, even though I'm sure there probably is one out there. But this is one that has been in my crazy ass brain for a little while. That Jesus was a human alien hybrid. All right. Now, before you guys turn off the podcast, hold on. <laughs> 
bear bear with me here. Don't think of Alien as little green man, right? Like, Mulder, I am I'm unhappy Mulder. <laughs> no, think, <laughs> think of Alien as more advanced um human species, right? Like from and this gets into probably a whole nother topic, which we weren't planning on getting into, but the alien species, but think of him more as like a Nordic alien or something that I guess that wouldn't make sense because he was middle Eastern, but similar, (laughs) similar concept. Right. But think about it. Right. If he did all these crazy things that, that the Bible and I'll caveat, I was raised Roman Catholic. Um, I am no longer a practicing Catholic. Uh, despite getting all of my children baptized, um, but no longer a practicing Catholic. Uh, however, I do have spiritual beliefs, just not tied to any specific re- religion right now. Um, but that all said, I get the G- the Jesus background and the history behind it. And I think that, you know, some of those miracles that he performed, you know, maybe it's just a more advanced way of looking at things. You know, maybe he really did turn water and the wine it could be an analogy or maybe he really did do that you know you know, what, you know what i actually think is a really interesting have you played assassin's creed i have not so assassins it's spoilers for people listening um although a sat like i got into assassin's creed extremely late like i only just beat the first one like maybe like three weeks ago when i was in minnesota okay. um so, but the whole premise of the game is that there's a, there's been like a historical fight between the Knights Templar and this group of assassins. And what it centers around are these pieces of, they're called pieces of Eden. And the idea is that, um, earth, the earth was originally colonized by a, by a group of sort of like super intelligent beings that they then, um, created using their knowledge of genetics a uh, a slave species which was humans homo sapiens and then also mm-hmm. they created a warrior species which was neanderthals your brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health made with scientifically backed ingredients like thai ginger l-theanine and caffeine brainy chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus stay chill or get energized be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And so they're, they, though, those, you know, advanced peoples became viewed as gods because they were so advanced, right? But it was all technology. And so the whole premise of the game is that all of these like historically important people were really Templars or assassins fighting over these pieces of Eden, which were these um, pieces of technology that these ancient gods used to control humans, right? And so there's a whole backstory where it's like uh, Adam and Eve were actually a crossbreed between humans and um, the gods. And so uh, when right. she used the apple... What the apple of Eden actually is is it's a it's a tool to control people's minds. I just changed God into alien. It's the same concept. Well, right? yeah. Like, and so, like it's so, just... so one of one of the things on that though is that um was that Jesus had in the game they turned the the crown of Turin or the yeah they they turned the shroud into a um into a piece of Eden basically. I, 
And so they claim that this was one that could heal people or bring people back from the dead. And then also Jesus controlled an apple of Eden so he could like, basically it, it makes people see what the person show, you know, holding the apple wants them to see. Oh, like a crystal ball type of thing. Kind of. So it's like, so it's like, um, you know, he didn't really change wine into or water into wine. Instead, he just um, planted that image into people's minds around him. Right. But okay. I think, but it's such, it's such a, uh, well, well, here's the thing. Like, so, and this is going to get me in trouble with some Catholics out there, but you know, there, there's the story of, or the concept, right. Is there in a lot of religions that even predate Christianity too. Yeah. And I know you've talked about this before too on, uh, I think on your podcast, um, you know, where these stories have predated it, you know? So mm-hmm. if the concept is there, right. Why couldn't there have just been different quote unquote, you know, generations of this, uh, more advanced species, whatever you want to call it, that just had different names, and we're just keeping an eye on, like you said, the species they created. You know, so like, this <laughs> this is one. So, I so actually one of my first. I remember one of the first books I read on kind of like besides that you know that kind of like encyclopedia one from Reader's Digest that I got for five dollars. Um. <laughs> The first like real serious book on this topic that I read was Chariots of the Gods by uh, Eric von Daniken, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the one that's always, you know, Ancient Aliens one. That's the one that kind of posits <laughs> Ancient Aliens as a thing. And I remember being really, again, I was like 12, but I remember being very impressed with that theory, right? I remember being like, damn, you know, like, we don't really know that much about prehistory. Mm-hmm. But it turns out we know a shitload about prehistory. Like we know, we know so much more than I thought we did about prehistory as a twelve-year-old, right? Um, and I, you know, so uh, so let me let me say, there is no way for us to say for certain that there was not some like super advanced species living on the Earth while sure. we were still you know, basically, um, basically chimpanzees, right? right? <laughs> There's no way to say that that with a certainty didn't happen, but there is no, ev- <laughs> there is no evidence to suggest that that's true. I, um, I agree. I was just throwing it out there. And no, that. but like, what I if, think, what yeah. if we just think of religion, just put different names on the same concept, right? Like Holy spirit is just like, um, yeah. Yeah. basically the special, not special powers because that makes it sound way too science fiction for something that that, I'm, that uh, I'm not trying to pass off as such. But like you know, Jesus' body rose from the dead. The whole everything in the Catholic, specifically because that's what I grew up with. Yeah, religion could be tied to this kind of theory, see. But that's but know? that's the, and that's the thing that's so fascinating though, right? Is that we could, I mean, we could make any number of of. Um, on completely unprovable stories, right? That would fit that. So, okay. Um, you know, I mean, you know, there's just so many. I mean, I think I think part of the funny one that fits in with that though too is um that Bigfoot is actually uh so that that whole idea has been put out there on Ancient Aliens a couple times actually. And and I watch Ancient Aliens like it's my job. <laughs> um even though it makes me so mad sometimes but one of my favorite ideas that they posit on there that I think is so silly is 
that Bigfoot is a leftover, uh, a leftover human. Like basically, when we were, when we had, you know, advanced technology before or whatever, that Bigfoot was created as like a warrior race. So the same idea as Assassin's Creed, basically. You know. Okay. Um. But yeah, and I think, and that's where you get the whole Bigfoot can teleport and exactly, and yeah, cross, exactly, cross dimensions, exactly. Okay. I think, and I think that's really, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I like that one. I like that one a lot. I think that one's really good. <laughs> I actually think that personally, I think Bigfoot's a whole nother ball game. I think it's just a leftover kind of dinosauric species. You know, man, I'm not sure. Uh, I love, I love Bigfoot stories. I actually had a really interesting. I actually had. I don't know if I don't know if this guy's listening. I had a really good haircut at Fella's Hair Salon in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, when I was there. And the guy that did my haircut and I, we we actually he ended up he gave me a beer and we ended up I ended up drinking beer while they were cutting my hair and we were talking That's and whatever. Awesome. It was oh, it was awesome, man. I'm definitely going back. But um, the guy that was cutting my hair was telling me that he had actually had a couple of encounters with Bigfoot in the wild. You know, and because uh, he's a he's a avid hunter and whatever, and um, you know, I I'm always I always wish I had something like that. You know, he'd be so fascinating. I mean, but I don't I don't know what I don't know if he I don't know if Bigfoot exists or not. I can tell you that he's probably not an alien. He's probably not a. Uh, I don't think he's a skinwalker or anything. Yeah. I think <laughs> oh, if he's God. any, I think like you think if he's anything, he's a, down the rabbit hole we go. <laughs> right. I think if he's anything. He's probably a um, maybe a, maybe a leftover thing or just an animal we haven't really categorized. Or you know, I really like the I really like the idea that it was a it was a, a link between grizzly bears and polar bear. Oh, I just read about that because so spoiler alert, but not really. Um, one of my my future episode is going to be on Alaska. I have two oh, actually. Nice. Coming up, um, one's more uh, terrestrial, I guess, and one's more fringy. Um, but yeah, and I was reading, I was like, oh, well, well, I wanted to do some research on grizzly bears and polar bears. Um, sort of related to the episode, but also because it was just interesting. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, they just came up with a grizzly bear polar bear hybrid or something. Yeah, they actually, they actually asshole hunter shot, shot it, of yeah. course. Yeah. Like, I'm like, of course, everything good that we come up with, <laughs> we always have to fucking kill Oh, my right? God. Have you we seen? don't understand it. Hold on. Have you seen that stupid fucking show, Hunting Bigfoot or Killing Bigfoot or whatever? If they ever kill a Bigfoot, I'm gonna be really pissed. Dude, it's it's like a bunch of these guys. Like they're gonna they're gonna shoot each other. They're, someone's <laughs> gonna get shot in the ass, and then I hope. I think it's animal. I, I can't. It's I I don't know if it's Animal Planet or if it's Discovery or something. Whoever it is, I hope they get sued when they shot. shoot themselves in the butt. Um. All right. So that's your number two. So. Yep. My number two is, so mine kind of get increasingly, mine kind of hit a peak of scariness, and then they get silly again. So, really scary for me. Like you said, I also was raised Roman Catholic. Um, I'm not, I'm not religious anymore. Um, I do love the, um, I do love the, the history and the stories and everything, and I find I find the Roman Catholicism fascinating, but I don't personally, you know, have much faith as a as an adult person today. But um but when I was a kid I was super into it, partly because I was terrified. And one of the things that terrified me was exorcism. Ooh. And yeah, me too. one 
one particular case I remember scaring me really bad because not only and it almost is interesting it, it wasn't the the part about like you know getting infested with demons or whatever was scary but actually hearing about what happened to her is is still really freaking scary right? so I'm talking about Annalise Michelle oh um so so first off I think it's kind of interesting I, I'd, I'd want to go over the signs of demonic invasion right so these these are the, these are the signs of demonic invasion and you you tell me what you think about these okay all right there are 14 major signs right um and first off exorcism in the modern church is really rare it has to be approved by a bishop which is a pretty high up in the church hierarchy it's uh, it's hard to get that approved now right i think it even needs to be approved by a cardinal maybe so in the in the catholic oh, church geez. it goes pope then cardinal then bishop, then um, then priest, basically. So um, Monse- ho- Monsignor too. Mon- right, right. So Monsignor is like a super priest. That was just for my grandma. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> who will never? Hey, that was good, dude. So okay, so um, the signs of an exorcism are one: loss or lack of appetite. Two: cutting, scratching, and biting of skin. Three: a cold feeling in the room. Four. <laughs> Unnatural bodily postures and changes in the person's face and body. Five, the possessed losing control of their normal personality and entering into a frenzy or rage and or attacking others. Six, change in the person's voice. Seven, supernatural. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, supernatural <laughs> physical strength not subject to the person's build or age. Eight, speaking or understanding another language which they have never learned before. Nine. Knowledge of things that are distant or hidden. 10. Prediction of future events, sometimes through dreams. 11. Levitating and moving of objects or things. 12. Is expelling of objects or things. 13. Is intense hatred and violent reaction towards all religious objects or items. And 14. Is antipathy towards entering a church, speaking Jesus' name, or hearing scripture. Now, a couple of those seem pretty serious. Yeah, I have really mixed feelings. So, I'll ca- <laughs> so obviously, right? There's a lot of mental health disorders yeah. that could fall under a lot of these. Yeah. A lot of them, not all of them, though. Um, but I'll caveat any discussion we're going to have on the, any rational discussion we're going to have on this. Yeah, yeah. That that I do believe this does exist. I think it's probably more rare than what people uh, you know have come up with. But there are some cases out there. I mean, just like when you did your um, your episode on um, spontaneous uh, human combustion, yeah. You know, how how you're like, generally speaking, this is bullshit. But here's a couple weird cases. Right, here's a weird that, one that, that so, might possibly fall into that right. category. I think the same thing applies here. And, and I'll be really honest, and, and I told you this, you know, in our pre-show. Uh, but I'll be honest that that I will never do anything shadow people demonic possession crap on my show because <laughs> it's because it scares the crap out of me. So, you know so I mean? yeah. So listen, we're not listen. We're not going to get too serious. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Here's the thing. So here's the thing that I find fascinating, though, right? So, so I have two things basically I wanted to bring up with this. Yep. Some of these things seem really like they'd be very hard to fake, right? Like supernatural strength. Or speaking or understanding another language, um, you know, uh, levitation. Expe- so expelling of objects is one that's particularly crazy because 
Um, sometimes it can be things like nails or a whole cross or something. Yeah, that's that, what they that, like shoot the random shit out of the room. That right? they'll like, well, they'll, no, no, like it'll they'll vomit it up. Oh, um, oh. But here's the thing, right? People do crazy shit all the time to their bodies, right? Um, I've seen some stuff on Reddit, TJ, <laughs> that a normal person should not see. All right. Yeah. And, I don't you know. Have you ever looked up those? <laughs> have you ever looked up the um, Albert Fish? Yeah. The, the guy who could swallow, like, anything? So, no, no, no. Oh, like, no, no, no. Bolts, this right? is, okay. Albert Fish was a serial killer. Oh, other guy. Sorry. Who had peakerism, which is the sexual satisfaction of being stabbed or stabbing people. Right, cut out whatever crazy shit I said then. When, <laughs> when they killed him, I think it's hilarious. When they killed him, um, or when they, when they killed him, when he, when he, he was executed, I believe. But when they, when they looked at his body afterwards and they x-rayed him, um, they x-rayed him. I think I'm thinking something else. But in his body, they found something like 30, um, 30 clothespins in like his buttocks that he had stabbed himself with. Oh. And pins is a really common one you get in exorcism. Was he the one that swallowed the, uh, uh maybe I'm getting my serial killers mixed up. <laughs> but was he the one that swallowed the fingertips or something too? Yeah, he he had a or something uh, something oh, crazy maybe. like that. He was pretty terrifying. Like I would, yeah. I find serial killers pretty interesting. Me too. Um, he's a pretty scary one. But so, but anyways, I think though that um, so a lot of those seem pretty nuts at first, and some of them seem impossible. Like speaking and or understanding a language you've never heard, um, levitation, whatever. But some of them are like a cold feeling in the room. Like, come on, you know, <laughs> cutting or scratching the skin, loss of appetite. Um, having an un- abnormal personality, you know, um, intense hatred and violent reaction towards all religious objects or items. Like, you know, some of these are so weak that it's like, all right, you know, but anyways, within and some it, of it could be that, um, the bias thing a little bit too, you know, yes, absolutely. Or if you're already a little, if you already have something imbalanced anyway, like, like listen, and then you have a priest come in and tell well, you like, well, here's the thing, thing is in you. Here's the you thing know? I think is fascinating. It's never, you never think to go to a priest if you're sure that the priest can't help. Right. Right. Correct. It's never like in movies where the person is like, oh, you know, we've tried every doctor in the world and now we're going to priest. It's always, well, you know, we're, we're pretty religious, but we, we don't go to church that often. But then something spooky happened and we decided to go, you know, it's always that the people have already had a pretty significant, um, inclusion of religion in their lives you know what i mean yeah anyways the thing that i think is so scary with emily's emily's michel is what how she died right tell me about it so they eventually said okay she could so she was getting she was getting mental help um from a from a therapist and and she was actually hospitalized for um various things um before she was you know, started seeing this exorcist. And so the priest that actually did it with her, you know, did the exorcism with her, mm-hmm. ended up performing something like 67 exorcisms. Wow. So, six, so exorcism isn't a quick thing either. It, it goes on wow. for months or years sometimes, right? So he did 67 exorcism sessions, one or two each week, lasting up to four hours over a 10-month period. 
right? Yeah, and this is where I get into that category of, like, yeah, there's there's mental disorders or or personality disorders, yeah, and then there's some just really crazy shit. Well, that and you then can explain, so, you and know? then listen to this, right? So she ended up dying. At the time of her death, she weighed sixty eight pounds. She had both of her knees were broken from Ooh. kneeling and praying so often. Ooh. She died from na- malnutrition and dehydration, basically. And she was in semi-starvation for like an entire year. Ugh. It's crazy. So they ended up, they ended up, um, the priest and her mother were prosecuted for negligent homicide. Um, well, I mean, at that after point, that, you can yeah. kind of see that argument. But. Yeah. So after that, um, after that, they stopped. Um, th- that's part of the reason why exorcisms became so hard to uh, get approved, right? But the other thing that I think is so fascinating with what you said earlier, right, was you said that you think that these things, and I don't mean, I don't mean to be, you know, we're, we're buddies, so I'm not attacking you. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 but, I don't think um, I <laughs> No, of course not, but, you know, but so. For the listeners. Right. <laughs> so you stated that you believe that these things have happened, right? In but, some cases. In yeah. some cases. But you don't have particular faith. I am spiritual, just not tied to any organized religion. Okay. So that's that way. <laughs> right, right, right. So that's the thing. That's the part that I find so interesting, though, is. I find then, it interesting, too, actually. <laughs> how do you know? How do you. Like, I, people will often say that to me, too, where they'll be like, well, I believe in ghosts, but I'm not religious, right? And I often wonder, well, how? Right? Well, what are so ghosts? I guess is easier, but believing in demons, right? I think there could be negative energy out there. I think that there can be too. But spirits but I, or whatever but I you guess, want to call it. I guess I wonder then, like, where do you draw the line? Right? Is if if you believe in possession or something, right? And then a priest comes and like if we so if there are cases of this that are real, and we look to see which ones seem to be cured by certain religious rites. Mm-hmm. Does that suggest that that religion is correct? I think that suggests that a more, it, to me at least, that mm-hmm. suggests that a more powerful, positive energy took over a more power, a slightly less powerful negative energy. So I think I think that's not probably, saying I want any negative. No, 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 no. I understand. I understand. No. I think that's probably the most rat like of you know that's probably the most rational way to look at it is well I don't know which is right but it it seems to me that. If there is negative energy and someone is cured somehow, maybe it's positive energy, right? Maybe it's some kind right. of positive force. I think but about, I, guess, I mean, from a science side, right? There's stuff you can see and stuff you can't see, right? The dark matter, light matters type of stuff, you know? Yeah, but yeah, but there's every but everything you can measure, <laughs> right? But, but I think well, there's some argument too whether you well, can measure sure, positive yeah. or negative energy too. But that's a whole nother. <laughs> Uh, topic that I do not have a Wikipedia page open for. Um, so. Right. I guess. I guess what I'm saying is, I think it's very interesting in those cases where, like, I think it's a two-edged sword, right? Someone who is a true believer can use those cases to say, "Well, it was proof, absolutely right, absolutely." But and that's and I kind of think it's very fascinating too when people like they'll invoke, um, they'll invoke like Native American spirits or something. Right, they'll be like, "Oh my, you know, I, I've seen a ghost, or my house is haunted by Native Ameri- American spirits, and so we need, like, we need like a shaman to come 
and cleanse your, uh, the house or something, the, right? Uh, the Karkowski intruder, too. Well, but so that's that's what I think it's so fascinating, right? Is that seems to suggest to me at least, if that's true, that we should all be, you know, going back to whatever religion they had, because clearly it's working somehow. Do you know what I mean? What if it, yeah, my I think in my head it's just all sort of tied in together. No, it's I, just, I it's yeah. just different ways of saying similar, not the same, but similar concepts and stories. Listen, you know I'm, I mean? I'm I'm playing. I have my I no, have I know, my I know. Jerk Sherlock Holmes hat on here. Um, okay, so that's my number two. So let's so let's go number three. Let's hear it. All right. Uh, oh, oh yeah, you'll love this one, especially you. Um, we have colonized all the planets. Yes. Now, now, as the caveat of this, this comes back from my abovetopsecret.com uh, days back when that website was really interesting. It's gotten a little <laughs> shitty over the years, to be honest, um, because it's CIA run now. Um, but anyway. Who's going to throw uh, that one in there? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, you can edit that out. Uh, <laughs> or at least bleep out the agencies. No, we're fine. Ah, fuck They'll it. bleep it out themselves. Out. They'll be defunded in They'll a couple weeks They'll bleep it out anyway. themselves. Okay. Yeah. Um, They'll be defunded. We just got to wait for the end of the deep state or whatever the hell he says. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway. <laughs> uh, there we go. There's our religion for the show. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so the theory is from there, there was a, a, um, a poster, for lack of a better term, on there, conspiracy theorist back in the day called John Lear. And yes, allegedly his dad was uh, the guy who invented the Lear jet. You know, so he uh, that was his claim to fame and why he knows what what he was talking about allegedly and his thing was there there was some so my general philosophy on conspiracy theorists is like you know or conspiracy theories is 80 percent of it's complete bullshit you know uh-huh. about five percent is just way too crazy to even think about like david ike um uh, reptilian aliens oh, in love reptilians love them maybe five to ten percent of that is that kind of stuff that's just yeah. too are out there where I can't even wrap my head around it to even try to to give it enough energy to even try to rationally research it. And then the other 10% is, oh, this is stuff that's hidden in there that we have to kind of look at, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, so the, the point of that little tangent was John Lear also talked about um, the soul catchers being on the moon and that's where it catches our souls when we die and, and then shoots us back somewhere else and all that crap. So he had some crazy <laughs> shit out there, but one of the interesting <laughs> things I remember him talking about was that we've basically planet jumped, um, and colonized, or at least have some kind of military outpost on each planet in our immediate solar system. And that was also back when Pluto was still considered a planet. So, um, so, <laughs> That, that was the theory. Was so that now we, we just have a colony on a cold rock planetoid yeah. or whatever the hell they're calling it. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there's always been a theory that the, there's a, a military base on the moon there's anyway. A moon base. And, and um, or the Air Force, you know, is always has their own kind of uh, astronaut corps or whatever right. that is. Um, and I do, and for the record, I mean, the part of this whole kind of tinfoil hat side that I do believe is that the government does have technology that's more advanced than what the public has shown mm-hmm. that's that to me is absolutely true as far as colonizing everything i'm not 100 percent sure but let's throw it out there for the scientist who deals with <laughs> atmospheric <laughs> so for uh, living <laughs> so that's the funny thing right we can't even get our own stupid atmosphere in line 
I don't know how the hell we deal with colonizing another planet. So I think it's really, I, it's funny because that kind of like uses, if we were going to go out into space, that's how we would probably do it at first, right? right. We would right. colonize the nearest planet and set up a station and then fly there and load it up with supplies and whatever, get that settled, then move on to the next station from there, right? So that part of it to me is okay, I guess. I don't so I don't really know. It's funny actually, I have a really a really good um listener um who's actually an astro I want to say astrophysicist. Oh, I wow. hope I hope I'm not lumping her in with the wrong deal. Um but um she's actually a grad student in Georgia, I think right now. So um she's great. Um her name escapes me right now. but anyways um so hold on a second i'm gonna look so i can get it right so on twitter she is um dicey and sailor and so she is a astronomy phd candidate right now so astronomy so um she would know more about this than i would honestly so i hope i'm not messing up the space stuff here too hard but i'm like the so the problem with all these things and this was actually really well done in the Martian I think is if you set up a colony on another planet it needs again mass cannot be created or destroyed in space getting energy isn't really a problem because we can use solar panels and crap right but the problem is the problem is getting oxygen water and food <laughs> Well, I mean, his theory <laughs> went even further to say that there was already a habitable atmosphere on all these planets. All right. And, and, that, so, and that that was a conspiracy saying that there, that NASA has told us like, no, Venus is too hot. We can't live on that. <laughs> you know, like that. Or it's all poisonous methane, mercury gas or whatever. Oh, my God. Gas, you know? Okay. So here's the problem with that. Right. <laughs> I know for a fact that the way that we measure like atmosphere contents on uh on like like planets is we measure the actually i don't know this for a fact i shouldn't have said that i am pretty certain and i hope someone will correct me if this is wrong that the way that we measure atmosphere on other planets that are like far away is we shoot i would imagine we shoot infrared waves out there and then measure the way that it comes back because infrared Basically, okay. it's a it's it's called uh it's called an infrared spectroscopy. It's it's basically like um, uh, what's a way of so chemical bonds are like guitar strings, right? And depending on how tight you hold the strings, you get a different note, right? When you pluck that it, makes sense. Yeah. So a chemical bond is like that. The hardness of the string, like how taut it's being held, is the strength of the bond. Mm-hmm. And every bond has a different tightness. So a carbon-carbon bond is different than a carbon-hydrogen bond in the note that it makes when it's plucked. Right, so it'll reflect sense? a different frequency off exactly. the... Exactly. So yeah, the plucking is shooting the infrared light wave at it, basically. That's how an FDIR works. Um, which is, I said that in my last episode, and I was like, if people want to know how it works, just listen to this super long episode, I guess. But so, <laughs> um, so, like, that's that's like something that you could i'm pretty sure i mean i'm sure that there are you know amateur astronomers that can 
prove that one wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the problem with these theories. Unless that, that's what everybody wants. Unless, right, unless that's what everyone wants. I think the farther... Actually, it's funny. The guy, um, uh, the neighbor, my neighbor up here, Dave Belisle, who's also a, a fan of the show, he's big into, like, amateur astronomy. He's got all these cool telescopes and stuff. I should see if he if he has more info on this or if he can actually measure it himself. <laughs> but I just thought it was like an old, a really old theory that yeah. I remember from you know one of my first ventures into this oh, realm. It's, yeah, it's really, that I thought was kind of neat. I think <laughs> yeah. it's I think it's cool. I really like it when old conspiracy theories start to like or like old science fiction starts to take on reality because people who were watching science fiction back in the day are now scientists. Oh yeah. Right? Like I I love that. I think it's so cool. Um, you know, yeah, that's really cool, dude. No, I like that one. All right, what's your number three? My number three is one that scared me so bad as a kid. The Lady of Fatima. Ooh. So I I know this one very well uh, as well. (laughs) So scary. So this one involves all kinds of stuff. It involves a mass sighting of the Virgin Mary, supposedly. It involves three, uh, like, shepherd children, basically. So, so the story goes that... Um, the story yeah. goes that... So this, this happened in, in Portugal. Mm-hmm. And so in 1917, uh, three shepherd children at, um, in Fatima in Portugal saw a apparition of the Virgin Mary. So it was three little kids. And so they came, you know, she, she came to them basically and told them that, you know, I will, I will appear again, but every day pray the rosary, whatever to bring peace and all this stuff. And then she supposedly came back. Um, to, so every time she came, she gave them a, a vision of the future or a vision of something. Right. Right. And the last time that she came, she so all these people came to see and so i'm just going to read this from wikipedia here because i think they they give it a better story than i can so as early as july 1917 it was claimed that the virgin mary had promised a miracle for the last of her apparitions on october 13th so that all would believe what happened then became known as the miracle of the sun a huge crowd variously estimated between 30,000 and 100,000 including newspaper reporters and photographers gathered at Cova de Ira. The incessant rain had ceased, and there was a thin layer of cloud. Lucia, who is one of the shepherd's children, seeing light rising from the lady's hands and the sun appearing as a silver disc, called out, Look at the sun. She later had no memory of saying this. Witnesses later spoke of the sun appearing to change colors and rotate like a wheel. Witnesses gave wildly varying descriptions of the sun's dance. So. And no movement or other phenomena of the sun was recorded by scientists at the time. I'm first of all impressed that you could read all that at this point in the night. <laughs> so, <laughs> and after the amount we've had to drink. Oh, anyway. dude, I'm, yeah. yeah, I know. So that's pretty impressive in and of itself. So here's the... Pr- so the funny thing is, so nowadays people say that, you know, she yells, look at the sun. All these people look at the sun. Their eyes start to play tricks on them because they're yeah. staring at the sun. Yeah. Right. Right. And so the sun starts to change colors because the the eyes were dying. Right. Yeah. Don't look at the sun. All of Um, our listeners, we love you. Don't look at the sun. sun. (laughs) But when I was a kid, 
again, this was in that that book that I had. I don't think my mom realized the damage she did by buying me that book. Like I oh, know, yeah, no, she she like she used to let me buy books at Barnes and Nobles all like every time we went. That was one thing that was great with my mom when I was a kid was every time we went out to a store, if there was a book I wanted, she would buy it for me. You know, so I always I I you know I've I I always had a book when I was a kid, but one of them that I always had with me was this stupid one that I bought as like a seven year old or something that was on scary crap. Anyways, um, the seek so. When she appeared to the kids, when the Virgin Mary supposedly appeared to the kids, she told them that she would bring secrets for them. Right? And the first secret was a vision of hell. The second vision was about World War I ending. And then a prediction of another great war. World War II, yeah. Right? And then... The, the third one is where it gets third one now is part of a whole thing, right? Yep. So supposedly, so I, I think I think we should read maybe the third one. It's too I don't know, maybe it's too long. The third one, it's not many people think that the third one is well, I don't now, know. How would we explain so, it? So this is the th- and I don't mean to steal your topic, but, uh, but this is also one that's been super interesting to me uh-huh. uh, all my life, too. And part of it was up, upbringing. Part of it was there was just some fun stories on it. Um, the third one was sealed for a long time. Yes. Because they were told to seal it, right, if I remember right? And I'm going off memory here. Um, so they, they were told so, to seal it. So she was the, told. So So they were told to. So I think what scared me most when I was a kid was I had been I had read in that book. That the third secret was still unknown, except to the Pope, and it made Correct. the Pope it had made the Pope very upset, and that the other two only one of the children ever talked after seeing the Virgin Mary supposedly, and that was um, John Lucia. Paul too, right? Yeah, and the Pope. The Pope was John Paul too. Yeah, he was the only one that opened it. Kind of like yeah. before he was, and then he resealed it until later on. Yeah. And then later on, they were like, "Oh no, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it." <laughs> like, yeah, so that was the theory. That was, and then there's, well, I'll let you, I'll let you finish it. But yeah. okay, so here's, so here's, here's what the third one was, right? It's yeah. So this is what she says. She says, after the two parts which I have already explained, at the left of Our Lady and a little above, we saw an angel with a flaming sword in his left hand, flashing. It gave out flames that looked as though they would set the world on fire but they died out in contact with the splendor that Our Lady radiated towards him from her right hand. Pointing to the earth with his right hand, the angel cried out in a loud voice, Penance! 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 And we saw in an immense light for that is God, something similar to how people appear in a mirror when they pass in front of it. Bishop dressed in white. We had the impression that it was the Holy Father. Other bishops, priests, men and women, religious, going up a steep mountain at the top of which there was a big cross of rough-hewn trunks as of a cork tree with the bark. Before reaching there, the Holy Father passed through a big city, half in ruins and half trembling with halting step. Afflicted with pain and sorrow, he prayed for the souls of the corpses he met on his way, having reached the top of the mountain. On his knees at the foot of the big cross, he was killed by a group of soldiers who fired bullets and arrows at him, and in the same way there died one after another, the other bishops, priests, men and women religious, and various lay people of different ranks and positions. Beneath the two arms of the cross, there were two angels, 
each with a crystal aspersorium in his hand, in which they gathered up the blood of the martyrs, and with it sprinkled the souls that were making their way to God. So, like, terrifying! Yeah, so there, and there's lots of ways that people have interpreted this, this stuff, too. Like, some people were saying that it was, um, it predicted John Paul, um, uh, John Paul II's assassination attempt. Yep. Right? So that was part of it. So the other thing people think is that potentially it's talking about the suppression of religion in communist Russia. Right. Because it seemed like in, her, in, the, second, in the second secret, there, the whole second half of the second secret is praying for Russia to return to Catholicism, basically. Right? They say, let Russia return back to the Immaculate Heart or something. Was it talking about the Cold War, too, or something? Yeah, that well, that's, that? what, that's what they think. They think that it okay. talks about then... Um, you know, the end of World War Two, but then the the reigning up of a great irreligious power. Right? So when I was a kid though, the fact that this was hidden, supposedly, and in the sixties, the Vatican said that it was probable that the third secret would remain forever hidden. Right? Oh, scared the crap of me when I was a kid. Scared. Which who me. knows if it still has, right? Because we don't No, yeah, who knows, right? Again, it's it's part of the Vatican's secret things or whatever. Secret arc, but... yeah, yeah. Dude, it scared me so bad when I was a kid, and then you know, and now I'm like, well. And I agree with you too. Between that and, do you remember there was uh, similar stuff, but not quite as secretive about um, what was it, Our Lady Medjugorje or Medjugorje? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every, uh, so every, every one of those Our Lady of Bank things are actually named for, um, are usually named for appearances of the Virgin Mary to some. So here's the weird thing. And this is where where I'm gonna you know, can like confuse the shit out of everybody right now, but as non-religious as I am, these Mary things freak me the fuck out. Dude, me too, man. <laughs> like, I think it's our upbringing. And I don't know why. I think it's our upbringing. Yeah, because it's because it's, it's part of you. Because part Mary. of you is like, listen, like I'm I'm listen. I try to be a good person, right? Like right. I I'm, I've never killed anybody. I don't nope. steal. <laughs> I don't adulterate, or you know what I mean? Like I. I <laughs> I try to be as good as I can be, right? And I and I think I'm I'm doing an okay job of that. Um, you know, but it's it's that it's that doubt, right? That's the, it, it's always doubt, man. And that's what is at the heart of all these conspiracy conspiracy things and paranormal things too. And so it's again, I think it comes back to that question that we were talking about in the last part of this, which is if Listen, if the Virgin Mary appeared to 100,000 people, right, does that mean that that's real? Yeah, and I, and I know there's some skeptical articles out there that are really like, oh, it's um, uh, uh, mass hysteria type of thing, and uh, I don't well, know. The thing, the thing that I think is funny with that with that one, honestly, that part of it is probably the least scary to me. <laughs> that like people were staring at the sun and then started to see weird crap you know it, it reminds me of that that scene in invader zim where he's like i'll find our way home and he looks at the sun and then after like you know 10 seconds he just he screams my eyes and his eyes start to <laughs> it's like, burn oh, shit. And, yeah. yeah you know what i mean like it's that to me isn't the scary part what's scary is that um i don't know man it's I don't get what was in the third one that they had to keep it secret for so long. And there's no way it was as simple it, as what they... I think it they, was that discussion of the church leaders being murdered. You know, because it talks about... I mean, when she, when she says it was your holy father, 
or it was the Holy Father, that means the Pope. Now, you know, some people have tied that into the whole um, uh, Catholic Church uh, sex abuse scandal, too, now. That that was, like, kind of the, the it was predicting that as well. I mean. Where, where it was, like, kind of taking down the the big the big people in the church because of that, yeah, which it kind of did, right? I, I mean, mean it, br- it brought down, it brought down what, like two bishops? No, didn't, I mean, Ratzinger resi- uh, basically resigned as Pope for that reason, you know? Um, yeah. I don't so know, man. There I mean, could be some, uh, it, uh, there's a million ways of interpreting it. Yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's scary. I, you know what I think is also scary too, is that it was, this is one, this is a, at the end of the day, this was three little kids right who caused i mean we're talking about it today you know what i mean yeah. think about the other like you know a little kid comes up to you and screams you know oh, i saw a werewolf right? right right that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't lead to 100,000 people going and staring at the sun for a half hour you know and i think um, you and i talk about it partly because of when it, we were exposed to the story I think you know we were I mean? kids, like, yeah. Yeah, because we were kids and we grew up in like super in um fairly fairly religious families, right? Or, you know, putting it lightly in some cases. Yeah, it's yeah. it's where yeah. and, and there's something with with the I don't know there's something about Mary, right? Like there's something <laughs> there really is though. There's All something right, that, way that, that is blasphemous. <laughs> no, I know, I, but there really is. There's something different. Like I could, I can make these off the wall conspiracy theorists about uh, conspiracy theories about uh, Jesus being human alien hybrid. Yeah, and for some reason that doesn't bother me. But I don't mess with Mary. You know what I think? Don't mess with her. You know what I think it is? Honestly, is is I think I think what it is honestly for me at least is that my mom, when I was a kid, my mom didn't believe in in reptilians, but she did believe in jesus and mary and everything right 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 so there's always a part of you that i think will i don't know i mean in the same like i don't you know i don't find um you know like in hinduism right i don't find i don't i don't worry about um honestly i don't know nearly enough about hinduism as i should considering um, the amount of friends i have that are indian but um that are that are hindu as well not just you know what i mean but mm-hmm. um like i i don't get freaked out about or or kind of you know uneasy i suppose you would say around paranormal things relating to like reincarnation right and i totally believe in that stuff too which is weird uh, for me for me growing up <laughs> Catholic, right but you know what i mean like i think <laughs> i think it has podcast. i think it has a lot to do with our i think it has a lot to do with our cultural lens and also like you know the vast majority, I mean, well, the vast majority nowadays, you know, not really anymore, but a, a big swath of the American populace believes in that kind of same religion, right? Right. So right. it's almost like a, um, you know, as much as we'd want to be free of it and its effects or as, you know, as want to be free of it, that makes it sound like, uh, I think that makes it sound worse than it is. But um, as much as we might think that we're free of that, the superstitious parts of it, I think that it's always going to be, that's always going to be part of this culture and us living in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And I think that 
for you and I specifically because we were raised that right. way. It just gets like, it like no matter how much we we try to debunk every little thing on Catholicism if we <laughs> wanted to. Right. And we don't, we don't, I don't blatantly go out. We don't go out of our way, but it's still going to be spooky, I guess. Right. But there, but there's some, (laughs) there's some shit that you can't explain. You know what I mean? Like that, uh, I don't know. So definitely some higher power created. You can just put whatever name you want on it, you know? (laughs) See, I don't know, man. I don't want to get too much into creation or whatever, but no, I I don't know. I I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know enough. I will say uh, after having, yeah, or seeing three kids being born it's a whole different perspective for me uh personally. yeah that's what that's what people say i, I don't know man don't yeah, know. like especially the boys it's like they have all the same parts as me but smaller you know like it's just so cool the whole the whole concept is just, and i'm not gonna you know get too far into it in case there's any kids listening but you know um I think Hold that's the, probably the funniest on, description on, of childbirth that? I've ever heard. They're the same as me, but smaller. It's <laughs> so what's so okay? We're on four and five for each of us. So what's your fourth topic? My fourth is the super soldiers. Okay, and specifically, there was a guy that that caught my attention back in my early years of uh, researching conspiracy theories, and that was Duncan O'Finian. Uh, since then, he's been debunked and kind of a little a little more fringy, although that can be a conspiracy, right? Right. But I think the concept of the super soldiers is interesting, where it's, um, you know, they're programmed or abducted or whatever you want to call it as kids, and then they have these either physical implants where this particular guy was claimed to have the super fast kind of ninja like uh, reflex in his right arm, but it wasn't in his left. I don't know where he could do things super fast. with just that one arm. And uh, why Why would they just do it to the right arm? I don't know. Maybe they wanted the, I don't know. They have the technology, right? Like it isn't. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, that's so, that's interesting, man. I've I, I can make really inappropriate comments from there. <laughs> I moving right along. I, I have actually never like I've never I've heard of like the super soldier thing, obviously, and I'm a big comic book nerd, so like that's a big old thing. But yeah, I have like never America, the real version. I have right? never heard of um I've never I had never heard of him before. Um that's it was, really interesting. It's really interesting and, and I thought it was crazy, which it is to a certain degree, right? But then you look at things like MK Ultra was actually real. You know, that's been proven and, and talked about for a while there. That was the CIA's mind control program. There's some, uh, I don't know if it's been officially admitted to yet, but the remote viewing thing, that could be a whole few podcasts in and of itself. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of different things that have been coming out from different research that's been done. Um, you know, I mean, you know, DARPA gets a huge budget that we don't, nobody knows what it goes to, you know, so who knows what kind of crazy stuff has been going on. I think it's, I think it's interesting that, I think it's interesting this idea of like a super soldier, right? But then I also think that everything in modern technology suggests that why the hell would we use a human at all, right? why not use a robot? And so I, I really like 
I really think that that's very interesting. Those like a super soldier only makes sense if you can't create a robot that's just as good or or as I guess you'd say nimble for a task as a human, right? So like, what's the point of making a Ophinian super soldier? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I and I guess maybe it was the timing of it because well, he was claiming to have been activated during like Vietnam. And, so that's that's and that's uh, what I think is really interesting is like I guess it would make sense in Vietnam, but I would think that if we had the ability to control like biotechnology that way, we probably also had the ability to make like robots that were just you know what I mean. Like I always mm-hmm. I always think I really that's a really like, good point. I really like those retro conspiracies because a lot of the time they're kind of like they kind of have water thrown on them because they don't like they look at the future in a very like retro way, right? Like it's it's almost like you watch a movie made in the 80s about what space travel would be like in like the year 3000, right? And they're still using um like tube computer screens. Right? And it's because yeah, they, it's because yeah, they yeah. didn't they didn't know about LCD or about you know what I mean like they didn't know about plasma and stuff back then to make screens, so they thought that okay yeah maybe our computers would get better but our screens would always you know like those little details that they forget to think about or if they forget to change, I think are really telling and I think that in that in like that sense that story like that is is really one of those I th- I really. I'd love to. I'm gonna to have to read more though. I, I have. I've already opened them up on Wikipedia on my phone. Um, yeah, pro, um, Project Talent is like I think the program he was allegedly yeah. part of, and it was kind of the precursor or part of MK Ultra. I forget what it was. And you know what? Um, and, and, it, and it it makes me think too about those strange. people that claim that they've been abducted for like uh, like uh, satanic cults or whatever. <laughs> right mm-hmm. um it's the same yeah, kind of thing concept. yeah yeah i wonder i wonder too if anyone ever like it's like that that joke where you know someone again arrested development it's like the only arrested development the simpsons and um <laughs> you know it's always sunny are the only shows i watch but uh it's like in it's 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 like in a arrested development where um michael thinks that his girlfriend is blind and so he tries, I think he tries throwing her cane at her and she doesn't catch it. And he's like, he's like, or he thinks that she's not blind. And so she throws the cane at her and she doesn't catch it. And he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Right. <laughs> I wonder right. if anyone ever like, you know, tried to karate chop him to the head and his super powerful robotic right arm ripped it off. You know what I mean? Like there, there yeah. would be way to, there, you know, oh, you know, or, or it's like, uh, it's like Mac from it's always sunny where he's like, you know, oh. Um, you know, I'll have to use my karate to get us out of the situation. And Charlie's like, you know, I want to do a flip right now. Then, but I've never seen you do a flip in your entire life. But you claim that you can. Kind of the same thing. Like, if you're a super soldier, then, you know, do a flip right now. <laughs> I think he talks about that somehow. There's like some kind of knife fighting. Look it up on YouTube. There's knife fighting with him, where somebody like tries to. <laughs> fight him or something with an oath of the, I don't know. There's, there's some crazy I gotta crap listen, in there. I, I definitely have to check it Either out. Either way, he's probably a badass. He might be batshit crazy, but he, he's probably a badass. I think, so back to your previous point with with uh, why don't we just get robots to do it? The catch with these people 
and this can this goes down a really deep rabbit hole with like bloodlines and he's supposed to be of a special bloodline of course yeah anyway but the the one difference the biggest difference i think is that they were trying to uh tap into some of these kids uh kids when they were being trained right uh psychic abilities mm-hmm. and that's one thing you can't get with the robots you know is that extra <laughs> the human brain component sure of it, you know yeah i guess yeah um, yeah, yeah no I, I i get what you're saying yeah you could probably get something they yeah. can lift or or shoot better or whatever or, you know drone better than you want than you want a human to do mm-hmm. but you're missing that kind of spiritual plane next mm-hmm. plane element element of it which is again tinfoil hat but but you hey, know, we're already down the rabbit hole so yeah, who cares it's, it's part yeah. of the fear yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's interesting that that um yeah, the the newest conspiracy guy that uh, not the newest, but the newest guy that got uh killed, Max Spears or whatever, that UK mm-hmm. conspiracy theorist that was a UFOologist that suddenly vomited up brown or black bile and then died. <laughs> right. Uh, out of nowhere. You know, he was also claimed to have had some of these uh abilities, I guess, or something like that, and was mm-hmm. like a victim of psychic attacks and all this other crazy shit. But you know, like I always say, some of this, some, not all conspiracy theories are just theories, you know, <laughs> like, so, yeah, this one's probably a little bad shit crazy, but what if there's a grain of truth in some of this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's where you get into some of the things like MK ultra. I mean, that was legit, you know, mm-hmm. where there was mm-hmm. trying mind control shit on American people. So who knows? But I thought it was interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a cool one. That's a really cool one. All right. What's your number four? So my number four, actually, as we're so my number four, is uh, one of my favorite ones because of the name, and also because I I just I always thought it was so fascinating. So it is. So the the translation for this name is one who stops the flow of rivers, and it is <laughs> the Mokele Mbembe. It is like a it. basically a basically a brontosaurus. A sauropod um, is what they think it maybe is. And this, like the stories about this. So supposedly it, it, it's, it lives in the Congo river basin and um, they've been talking about this thing for like 200 years, right? For as pretty much as long as we've been sort of in the um, sort of in the Congo river basin. Right. But one thing that I think is so interesting with this is that it it kind of goes to that story of Bigfoot, and I I sometimes wonder if people who believe in Bigfoot, because it maybe is a is a a creature that lives in the wild that we haven't seen in a while, or you know we don't we, there's not many of them or whatever, right? Yeah, I think the Mokele Mbembe is sort of a perfect. It's so large, <laughs> and it's so comically out of place, right? that there's just no way that it could exist. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, to a degree, but I also I know something to well, be and said the- for the, the dinosaurs, like like the Nessies and the, um, who the hell's the one over in Lake Champlain? Champ! You know, Champ, yeah. Champ's you know, the best, like, yeah, man. They, they all have similar, they're just different kinds of dinosaurs. I know. Well, you somehow know survived, I don't know You know how. what's really interesting <laughs> is, so they actually did a interview with a number of tribe members in like um so actually okay, okay I found it here. So in 
it was a it was a Discovery Channel documentary in 2001 called Congo. And they actually interviewed some members of this tribe and they actually pointed out a picture of a rhino as being the Mokele Mbembe. Oh god. <laughs> right. And but the thing is that rhinos aren't found in that area at all. Right? So it's actually kind of an interesting so huh. so now the question is, well, maybe there are rhinos there that we haven't documented, or maybe this is like a leftover cultural heritage. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, like yeah. Th- there were rhinos there maybe 500 years ago, and they're still telling stories about, you know, but I, I, I just, I love that one so much. And I remember in high school reading about it and being like, oh, that's so, that'd be so cool. You know what I mean? Just that's thinking a, yeah, how awesome that's the first it would be. I've heard of a brontosaurus surviving. Yeah, dude. So well, and that's well, and the thing too is, it's like if Nessie is a sauropod, like well, Nessie's not a sauropod. Nessie potentially is a uh, plesiosaur, right? Right. Um, what is to stop a sauropod from existing as well? Those things were, you know, sauropods were like some of the most efficient. Um, some of them, I'm, I'm putting on my dino uh, nerd hat here. They were some of the most efficient eaters. Like they didn't have um, some some sauropods didn't have teeth. They just literally like sucked down leaves, which is why they got oh, so wow. big, right? They didn't chew. They just like took it in and, di- and digested and whatever. Um, so it's kind of like you know, I think that's Titanosaurus that did that, but you know they're they're in the same kind of general line or whatever. But um, it was way easier when we were kids, by the way. It was like T-Rex, Brontosaurus, I know, I know. Pterodactyl. So that's it. You just, you just had to know the ones that the Power Rangers morphed into. That was all you had yeah, to worry about. Exactly. Yeah. No, I Volta. think, you know, I uh, think it's I think it's super interesting, though, and I, I really do love that story. I would love for it to be true, but it's... But yeah, my, my only problem with that over, over like, the Nessies of the world is, like, it, it's size. Like... A, it has to eat. You know? <laughs> like, well, like, what's so fascinating, right, is that so we now think that those dinosaurs, like in Jurassic Park, there's that that view of them walking along the plane, right? Mm-hmm. But now we've, and I've even shown this in Jurassic Park, we've started to think that actually they probably lived most of their lives almost submerged in water. <laughs> oh. Because they're just so be heavy, right? That they had to be basically like waist deep in water to just like live gravitationally. Right. Mm. Like, so they, 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 I mean, that's a suggested, it's a suggested, uh, you know, we don't really know how Dan- dinosaurs behaved, you know, in any, in any kind of real way, um, in the same way that we know about like living animals. But I think it's really fascinating that, um, you know, I, I don't think that the leap between Nessie and Mbembe is that big. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, from that perspective, it makes sense if it's more water-based rather right. than land-based, because then it's much easier to hide shit in water, you know, than it is in, on land. Um, because, we, you know, we haven't explored most of the water. You know, well, the I, think thing, that's, and, I mean, the thing, like, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like it's living in, like, it never submerged. No, 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 no. But, right, but no, every but time I, we I look get, for it, it's in water. Right, right? I, get, I get your point, though. Yeah, I think, and I think, too, that the Kong, like, as I, I always, I'm always interested in, as these parts of the world get smaller and like as the unexplored portions of the world get smaller and smaller, where do we stick Bigfoot and Nessie and Champ and you know what I mean? Like the problem is that the that's the land part that gets smaller and smaller. In my view, there's still a ton of water parts well, that for, need to well, be explored. You know, so like, for instance, right, like um. 
yeah, there is still a lot of water, right? But even then, I, you know, I wonder but- if we're not going to see the same kind of, so this, in the history of like occultism or paranormal, um, it's a pretty interesting phenomenon to see how, again, kind of the point of the whole Mad Scientist show is that these topics just, again, they don't change. They just kind of get stuffed into smaller bags, right? So mm. we never stopped believing that diseases could come from magical causes. We just nowadays don't think that witches can do it. We think that it can happen from, uh, you know, airplanes spraying us with poison. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, right. So the, the bag that those things go into the, the plausible explanations where you can find wiggle room gets smaller and smaller. It's the same way with like, uh, like something like, like telekinesis or something. Right. If, if now science seems to suggest that our, our thought or our thinking resides in the brain, and it seems to be linked to the the electricity or the electrical um, the electrical activity of the neurons and stuff. Then we've started to try to find a consciousness or a soul in electricity. So now people right. are talking about how we can transmit energy or whatever, right? As opposed to before, when it was much easier to say like, "Well, our soul just leaves our bodies." You know what I mean? Yeah, just but it's the same concept. It's just right. So I I find more exactly. So I wonder, like you know, eventually we're gonna whatever we're going to explore the whole ocean and all of a sudden nessie will be an interdimensional thing and it's the same with bigfoot huh. right bigfoot's now interdimensional i've never heard of nessie being interdimensional though no, I mean, but, big, I gar- but, I gar- but i see the concept now but that i guarantee it. it'll happen yeah i'm listen i'm calling that right now if this, if this show <laughs> never gets popular i'm calling interdimensional nessie all right, I'll put. I'll, I will. Dude, wait I'm to telling see you, that. man, it's gonna. Happen. Well, I mean, I buy into the U.S. USOs way over the uh, UFOs. Oh yeah, That's... even though I, I mean, I know there's plenty of documented UFO cases, but I buy into that there's USOs Listen, way if, more. If you can, <laughs> if you can survive in a hostile environment, in in a hostile atmosphere, it doesn't matter what what fluid is the atmosphere, if it's air or if it's water. Right? right? They got here from fucking space. They. Get... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? True. In theory, they can whatever. Um, they're already here, right? Like Atlanteans uh, and all that stuff. This actually fits um, in really well with your fifth thing, right? It does, actually. So <laughs> this one's the most batshit crack. I, I have a hard time saying it with a straight face, especially now. Dude, my fifth one <laughs> is comical. So this one's good. But this... <laughs> I, so... So, all right, let, let me just let me just give a little bit into how the sausage is made, right? Like, when Chris and I talked about doing this episode, we're like, <laughs> let's come up with the most batshit crazy stuff <laughs> that we could possibly come up with just to have a little bit of fun and, and, and bullshit a little bit more because it could be interesting and it's way, way more outside the box than our normal shows. Oh, yeah. So. What I so I went on a Google rampage, and, came, and this is probably the best one I came up with. That Saddam was concealing a Stargate, and that was the reason for the Iraq, uh, the most recent, I should say, uh, Iraq uh, invasion. I love, I love this one. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. <laughs> and when I mentioned it to you, and you made that comment. I was like. You've actually heard of it? <laughs> Dude, it puts it puts all of my favorite things together. It puts together um ancient aliens, yep. bad space exploration myths, um yep. UFOs and 
Um, and the idea of like the brew. <laughs> yeah, it it's it's got. I mean, it's got. It, listen, it could only be better if Saddam was a secret reptilian who was protecting the Stargate. Which I get. Which, as I say that, I guarantee that's been posted someplace online. It probably has. I only went off one website. Which I I'm guarantee gonna, that I'm it's something online. The name of it because of because of the website is crazy enough. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but they so the theory and the theory on the surface, right? For no pun intended, actually kind of kind of seems plausible. No, it <laughs> if, doesn't. The Stargate. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so the theory is that Saddam had a, or knew of, a Stargate, right, which is, um, translate Stargate for, for my listeners. Ba- so basically, like, but this is, so, okay, what they thought, listen, number one, I don't want to, I don't want to get, I don't want to cut this down before it starts. The only reason that they think that this is a Stargate is because it kind of looks like a doorway. It's yeah. like a big monolith. It's like it's like two pieces of sandstone with another piece on top of it that's like carved kind of nicely. Whatever. <laughs> I think it, I think maybe it's actually got a name of like the door of the sun or something. But anyways, whatever. A stargate supposedly is an area where there is a like a, a set location for a warp in space and time. So think of it like the beginning of a wormhole. Yeah, kind of like a uh, portal. Tell yeah, portal. it's it's portals portal. like in Portal. So it's like yeah. you know you <laughs> have this doorway that um, when activated by the right conditions, the right energy, or something, um, you actually like walk through it, or you can move a ship through it, or something, and you'll end up on like the other side of the universe. So this, so this one was that they were placed by there by the Anunnaki, which ancient aliens goes way back into that. Uh, gods, quote unquote, of ancient Sumeria, mm-hmm. and it says, and the website says, in this scenario, when Nibiru, or I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, uh, the alleged twelfth planet, right? That was the 2012 Planet X crap uh, that never killed us. Um, is closest to Earth. The Anunnaki will take the opportunity to travel through to Earth through that star- same Stargate, and will set up their encampment in Iraq and eventually take over the whole world. So. We all had to invade Iraq real quick, run in there, shut down the Stargate, destroy everything, and then kill Saddam Hussein and be done with it. And that saved the whole world from extinction by the Anunnaki. Like, I'm pretty sure that <laughs> I'm like, like, I'm almost certain that if aliens came here and like, like they always say this on ancient aliens. They're like, they're like, listen, if you went, if you went to another world and you had to build something that would last forever, what would you build it out of? And in my mind, I'm always thinking, um, I don't know, like some kind of super material that they have, plastic, which never degrades, right? right. <laughs> plastic does not degrade, <laughs> does not always biodegrade. Always paper bags, not plastic. Right? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, like if they built their super towers out of, you know, non-degradable polyethylene, they would never go away, and they'd pretty much stay rigid and whatever, right? Well, we would have knocked them down because they would have been obvious. <laughs> right, so instead they built these, they spent, as opposed to making an easily processable, a light, and a very simple to create material, they chiseled it out of stone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like it's such, it is it's, durable, right? It's, I mean, well, it's, it's semi-durable, I mean, a road, you know, 
the same like i love it the same people that claim that they built everything out of sandstone because it's strong or whatever then claim that the sphinx shows signs of erosion because it's such a light like like it, oh, god don't get me started dude <laughs> don't get me started on ancient aliens it's uh, it's too much for my heart though. i love why, I, why are they in all the ca- the paintings the cave paintings dude i i i seriously i love where's the, the guy with the hair to come up <laughs> aliens i love the stargate one so much that's probably one of my favorites too like i'm i'm so happy you thought of it because i would have well, like and then couple- there was like there's theories that they're all over the place you know they're well that's I the mean- thing they they claim that they're i mean and that's another hilarious question why would they be all over the place if you have the technology to transport yourself a billion miles right in an instant why do you give a crap about a thousand miles to yeah. get to the other side of the planet? You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I really do like that one. I And it's fun, too, because it puts together anti-American conspiracy theories, too. Right, right. It's so good. That's such a good one. And, and there's like, yeah, there, this thing gets into a whole sorts of stuff on there about uh, about that whole that whole side of things, too. Uh, something connected with the Greys in Area 51, but that's a whole nother. Of course, of course. As, <laughs> they have to be do. tied in, right? <laughs> as you do. <laughs> All right, what's your last one? Wrap it right. out here. My last one is really stupid. It is the Mongolian Death Worm. I like it. I like okay. the name, at least. Now. <laughs> Tell me about it. I am going to read you a, a quote. Okay. This is from On the Trail of Ancient Man. Okay, and it's, um, this is from Roy Chapman Andrews' uh, 1926 book. It's called On the Trail of the Ancient Man. And so this is a, a quote that he has from the Mongolian Prime Minister, um, Damden, Damden Bazaar, who in 1922 described the worm. His quote, it is shaped like a sausage about two feet long, has no head nor leg. And it is so poisonous that merely to touch it means instant death. It lives in the most desolate parts of the Gobi Desert. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and so, is this like Sandlot type of thing, or like? it is. It is so <laughs> hilarious. And so, in in um in Mongolian, and I'm 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 not entirely certain if Mongolian. So they're using Cyrillic, the Cyrillic alphabet here. I'm going to guess that it's it's said pretty much close to that. But so it's. Olgoy Horoy. Um if that's probably completely wrong, and if I am wrong, please Mongolian listeners call in. Or or call in. Uh, you know, put t- put us right on Twitter, but I just Which love this tweeted. one. When I was a kid, I was certain that if I dug long enough I'd find one of these. Right? Like I was like Yeah, I think we all have some kind of strange creature we dude, always thought we'd dig I, up, right? Uh, I, I really I really like this one because the thing too is that it's so it's so out of place. Right? It seems so silly to think of a like a two foot long sausage. <laughs> Makes being, me hungry when you put it that way. I know. Being <laughs> terrifying. Like, you know what I mean? It's not a snake, it's just a worm. It's kinda like, well, I guess that's scary, but worms are super slow, right? Yeah, so you're talking like an earthworm, right? Not like a centipede or like... As far as I can tell, it is like it is like an earth. It's like just a big ass earthworm. Yeah, they're 
They're not super scary. No, but the thing is that they're like it's like a but, it's so, like a but, serious legend, dude. So yeah, so that's the other question. Where does this particular one? Where do you think it kind of originates or, or originates? That's the thing. I this one is so. The reason I like this one so much is that it's so culturally out of sorts for me that I have no fucking idea. Because you know how some some legends or most legends you can kind of put a, a modern yes. day interpretation a- on, you know, like we've been talking about. You absolutely, know? Like, and that's the thing, right? Is that there's like, like I, I first off, it comes from it comes from a culture like Mongolian culture that I know nothing about. Right, mm-hmm. I really do do not know very much about it at all. Um, the little bit about the Mongols that I know comes from the little bit of Kazakhstan that I. Know. You know what I mean? Which comes from Dinar. Right, right. So it's like, you know, I don't really know all that much. Um, so, like, who the hell knows why, you know, maybe they had a, his, you know, maybe they had a historical worm, right? But I just remember reading this in, even as a kid, reading this in those books about, you know, this was, this was on the same in the same book, in the same chapter, is things like Nessie and Bigfoot, which I was convinced were real. You know what I mean? And then to read something like this worm, I just remember being like, well, that, why did, why is this in here? This seems so silly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, but then you're like, how silly is it if it's been right, around for so long? Right, you know? right. Like, it's, so it's, I, I, you know. It makes you wonder, like, okay, what's the big deal with the worm? Why is it still yeah, around? Yeah, I know? really, I really do like, I know, I find this one so interesting and so, like I said, just so strange, you know? Like, I yeah. I really don't, I just, this is one, like, I don't get, I do not and get part the part of it is maybe, one. like, people were just disappearing from wandering in the desert and they had to blame it on something, so they're like, oh, big worm. Okay. Maybe, and you know what? I think partially, too, because it's in the desert, right? Um, something with that, like, a snake in the desert is much, I mean, snakes are pretty fast anyways, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. A, like, I, I think about this one in, like, sandworms, like, in Beetlejuice, right? Yeah. Like, it's the same kind of idea. I guess. I guess maybe that's where they got it from, right? Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. And then supposedly, like, like there are those smaller ones, right? But supposedly there's like a ginormous one, too. There's like the mm, death one. That's like the huge. death one. Yeah. <laughs> I Capital just, D. Yeah, I just don't get this one at all, man. But I, I really that's like it. crazy. I like it, too. And it can, it can never be its own episode, because I don't think there's, I don't think there's nearly enough on it. But oh, none of these could be, but no, but it's so fun. It's so about. fun. Anyway, That's so why we did this. So we've done a lot of time. Yeah, we have. We've we've been talking for five hours now. There's not <laughs> yeah, five hours of content here, but we've been talking for five hours. Uh so much fun though. I yeah, man. Listen, uh, you know what? Anybody who's listening now, if you tweet either one of us, actually both of us, <laughs> Mad Scientist. And pints and puzzles. You have to teach, tweet both of us. The word. Uh, I don't know, come up with the word. <laughs> um, the word apricot. So, yeah. All right. There we go. If if any of you teach tweet up, try that again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if any anybody still listening now, probably you know I'm going to say two plus hours into this. Yeah. <laughs> Tweet us, tweet both of us, 
at Mad Scientist Pod and at Pints and Puzzles, the word apricot, you will get two free coasters from me and a sticker from Chris. Yes, absolutely. All right. So anybody that absolutely. tweets that will get that because that means you are a dedicated listener to yes. the show. And uh, sorry, Chris, your mom does not count. Um, no. Anybody in my immediate. Okay. Family. Let's say, anybody yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else that's still listening, tweet us that and you will get your prizes. Yes, thank absolutely. You. Thank you so much. So this has been really fun. I am Chris from the Mad Scientist Podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Podbean, the website, themadscientistpodcast.com. Um, you can also, I think I just got approved to be on Stitcher, which is pretty sweet. So I'm also on Stitcher now. Um, and I'm also on SoundCloud, but I only have like two episodes on SoundCloud because they limit how much you can upload. Um, and TJ has been TJ. <laughs> and yeah, and I've been TJ for some of this episode. And uh, <laughs> you can find me at Pints and Puzzles uh, on Twitter. That's the only social media I'm on. And uh, also, I think we're on, the only thing we're on is iTunes and iHeartRadio right now. Oh, and Google Play. Um, but any of you that are listening have already figured out where, where to find us. True. So. And you can also find um, Pints and Puzzles on the Mad Scientist website. We actually have a link on the Friends of the Show page. If you click Ooh. on the logo, it'll take you to the um, it'll take you to the Libsyn page, I think. Perfect. Um, that sounds yeah, good. This is awesome. Thank you so much, guys, and uh, we will see you next time. Sounds good. Take care, guys. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right.